Hello and welcome everybody to Melomance Podcast, episode 78, the season 6 finale. My name is Dylan. My name is Vic. And I'm Rick. All right. So, season 6, so like <laughs> when we moved hosts from SoundCloud to uh, to RSS Blue, which RSS Blue is amazing, by the way. Um, it has a field in the RSS generator for uh, what season we're on. And I had to go like do some math. Because like I had numbered the seasons before, like manually with uh, with SoundCloud. But like, it didn't really work. Um, and so I, I did the math on like how many years we've been doing this, how many hiatuses we've taken. And we seem to have like a rhythm established where we'll start in January, right? And go until about now, winter time. It is currently November 11th, the year of our Lord, 2023. Um, and uh, I'm thinking this is going to be our season six finale. Um, so after this, if you're listening to this right now and you're wondering, huh, it's been a while since the Melomancy podcast posted. Did they quit or something? No, we fucking didn't. We'll be back in January. You just wait and see. And, and just to drive the point home, I'll probably record like a short audio, like after I post this episode that just explains that for anyone who might be wondering, right? Because the concept of a podcast taking a vacation is like foreign to some people, right? They think we work for fucking YouTube or something where, you know, you just have our slaves to the algorithm or whatever. <laughs> Not yes, here. Sir. Yeah. It's like, this isn't like a job. Like content creation could totally be a job. I respect that. Right. But this is not that right. This is more akin to pirate radio. We're doing this because we want to not because we need money, <laughs> but we'll happily take your money. Uh, if you would like to send us boostograms now, um, as the season comes to a close, there are a couple things to talk about. I actually want to open the show talking about Odyssey, right? So Odyssey, I've mentioned it countless times. I have been Odyssey's biggest fan. I've been sometimes their most lukewarm critic. Uh, <laughs> today, we're going to be a little harder on them because I don't know what the fuck's happening at Odyssey. The website's still up. It still works. Everything as intended. However, uh, there has been very little in the way of updates. I think the last time we talked about Odyssey, I think I mentioned that they found a buyer, um, which is some like very, very similar crypto project to what they are. Again, when I say crypto, I mean this is a YouTube alternative that uses peer-to-peer -peer file sharing. And to facilitate the peer-to-peer -peer file sharing, they use a blockchain, which is uh, actually a good use of the damn thing. Uh, it's not like fucking Square Enix trying to put a blockchain in something where it doesn't belong, right? It's not that. They found a good fucking use for it. Um, so I've always respected Odyssey for that because I think crypto is fine when you apply it to something that makes sense, right? Uh, and I think people, there's a lot of like get which quick, <coughs> there's a lot of get rich quick schemes out there with crypto and people trying to apply it to shit where it should never belong. And uh, I don't like that. Uh, but Odyssey wasn't that. So I was always cheering for Odyssey, but the reality is Odyssey was once a subsidiary of Library Inc. Library being the blockchain that they're using for their system, right? Library is no more. Library was defeated by the U.S. government in court, and they had to uh, give more money than they had, uh, and that made them go under. That was the government's intention, right? Um, so Library's gone. The guy who created it is gone. It's still open source. There's nothing stopping people from continuing to develop it. Uh, but the company that invented it is under now. And that sucks for them. Uh, and that sucks for Odyssey as well, because now they're like, like the people that work there as their job, like, are they making enough money to keep their jobs? Like, I don't know, right? Now, I had mentioned on the show that they were looking for a buyer, that they had secured one. Uh, but I go look at like tweets from like the CEO 
uh, of Odyssey and I look at their official account and I see um, no tweets since like fucking September. Well, no, no. Hold on. I take that back. No tweets since July. But if you look at their likes, you can see replies that they've liked to tweets that they made recently. Right. And it's like, why did they go wipe those out? That's weird. I, I I am uncertain of the future of that platform. And the reason I wanted to bring it up is because uh, in all of the show notes and in some outros, I, I forget this fact often, uh, but we do have a sort of effectively a tip jar and effectively what would have been a Patreon alternative all set up uh, if you wanted to send us like dollar dollar bills uh, because the whole Satoshi thing is not for everyone. I get it, right? Bitcoin isn't crypto like you think of crypto. It's like the good and ethical one, if I were to if I were to say, right? However, some people, it's still a deal breaker. So it's like, yeah, if you want to send us dollar bills, you could tip us on Odyssey. That was that was its purpose. It's also a secondary place to share the um the audio files. And uh I continue to upload there. I was not prevented from doing so last time. I'll probably upload this one as well. But it's like, what the fuck's about to happen to this goddamn website? I don't know. Right? And um I'm not sure if I would even bother replacing it with anything if it went down. I'm sure it's fuck not going to YouTube. You think they're being silenced or told not to speak? Um, it might have something to do with um this very potential uh acquisition that they're going through. But there's one other piece of evidence that I'd, I'd like to present. So, uh, something that I thought mm. was weird was the library Twitter account, which is obviously just the the former owner guy. You know, like. Just because your company goes under doesn't mean you need to delete Twitter account, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, they said that Odyssey is going up for auction um, and that all interested parties need to contact the seller by 4 p.m. Eastern the next day. They posted this on the 8th of November. Today's the 11th. No idea where this went. And then he posted some kind of picture of what looks like a legal document that says, you know what? I'll, I'll quote it. This is a bunch of legalese. So if someone smarter than me that knows legalese can chime in, then sure. It says, <clears throat> notice of public disposition of collateral under uniform code, commercial code, October 23rd, 2023. Please take notice that pursuant to section 9610 of the UCC, certain loan documents, this notice that Space Odyssey Incorporated, the lender, will conduct a public sale of the assets of Library Inc., the borrower, including without limitation the borrower 100% equity interest in Odyssey Holdings Incorporated, a Delaware corporation, which is a decentralized online video platform that will continue to be operated to be held in person at the offices of Palencia PC 222 Delaware Avenue. I'm not reading the rest of this. Point is, they're fucking selling it. And I'm like, what the fuck's this? Like, should we be worried? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it sounds kind of weird. If you well, ask I mean, me. No, no, I mean, it's obviously the legalese part of the selling it, but um, mm -hmm. the weirder thing for me was the auction being like you needed to contact the seller and you have, you know, end of day to contact us and we're going to announce this via Twitter. Yeah. What what happened to Odyssey being a separate company, uh, not no longer associated with library uh, that uh, was insulated from potential fallout of losing the court case? Right, because that's how it was sold to all the users. I believed it. Um, it seemed to be true, uh, especially considering how they were regularly updating everyone after the court case was over. Right, uh, but now that's yeah. all seemed to have changed. Like, was there some loophole? Did 
did uh jeremy kaufman like the the owner of library uh secretly also own fucking odyssey even though they he, he promised uh you know fingers crossed no take backsies that it was totally a separate company i don't i don't know yeah, I don't have a good answer for it, because um, Odyssey was never really that much of my jam in the first place, but also it's, um, like, so vague with, like, and, you know, I say by the, that was a weird thing for him to be like, and today we're selling. Like, that is yeah. not a uh, trust, a trustworthy businessman does not say that. Well, right. it, it's sketchy simply because... It, it basically went to whoever like was awake and ready. I wonder if he was so. You know, this is me doing like um, doing that speculation thing, which gets you know uh, real journalists in trouble. But I'm not a real journalist. Uh, Hell yeah! <laughs> um, what he might have been doing was intending to sell it to a particular buyer. And so he was making a public announcement that he was selling it. And he's doing it via auction. So there may be some reason behind that. I don't know why you'd want to sell yeah. an auction versus selling elsewhere. But I mean, that's not a bad speculation because, I mean, it would be one way of him deflecting. But how does that? Yeah, it's still a developing story. And I think uh, after our vacation is over and we return in January, we will know the fate of Odyssey. I just wanted to get it out there now that if Odyssey goes under, but you really had your heart set on tipping us dollar dollar bills and not Satoshi's, uh, your means of doing that uh, might be closed by the time you get there. And uh, if it goes down, you know, maybe I'll replace it. Maybe we'll make a Ko-Fi. I don't know. You use that service, Vic. I don't know if you like it or not. Um, uh, it's actually really nice. It, in Upgrading to premium is literally just offering them a little bit of your revenue. Uh -huh. Maybe. Um, otherwise, it's like it's I think it's I think it's literally 100 percent split if you do not offer for premium. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's we like can really actually solid. go through with it and create OnlyFans for the sake of donating, not for anything lewd. <laughs> to fund the show yeah, maybe Vic will uh, have feet pics on there don't worry yeah or or maybe we can make a a, a throne page and we can you can have, send dildos to Vic I don't know <laughs> I do not need them they would not go through customs I'm sure uh anyway <laughs> buy Vic some bad dragons you can buy them for me I just don't need them they will not get used <laughs> I I'm kidding I'm kidding I think that'd be funny though uh but anyway uh so I, I just thought I'd get that out there at the start of the episode because I, I feel like people might come to this episode wondering um, where's the next episode. It's been a while, right? Um, because this is going to be our last episode of the year uh, after this episode is recorded and edited and pushed. Uh, we're probably not going to do this again until mid or even late January early if we're feeling bored, I guess, or if we have a lot to fucking say. Um and yeah. what you guys can look forward to, dear listener, is what we typically do at the start of the season uh, is we'll go, we'll, we'll roast the Game Awards because that's the next award show, right? Like the Golden Joysticks just happened. You'll, you'll, you'll hear about them in a minute. But um, there's another one, the Video Game Awards, that is hosted by the Dorito Pope. That happens later. Um, we'll definitely be recapping <laughs> Dorito that. Dorito Pope. <laughs> um, but like. I, I, I love shitting on that show because like they've been pretty corrupt to the past and I, I just cannot fucking accept that God of War Ragnarok swept the game awards having come out just weeks before the fucking awards show and that game not actually being that good 
having played it myself. It's like fucking unbelievable. I think Elder Ring won just as many as it did. I, I think the issue I had is that it was so new that 90% of people that were probably going to have beaten it hadn't beaten it yet. Well, Game Awards don't care if you've beaten the game. That's the beauty. Well, it's just whether or not you vote, right? Right, right. Whether or not you vote or whatever. But the, mo- the point being is like, there are some games that I played that I would say are great games that I will never complete. Um, there are also some games that I play. The longer I play it, the less I think of it. I feel like narrative heavy games, though, whereas uh, let's just I'm just going to say it. Uh, right. God of War. Not the most mechanically heavy of action games, to be fair. Like, if you're looking for that, you, you, you might want to look for like that might cry or something. Right. Like <laughs> or Final Fantasy 16. Like, <laughs> what is that game? <laughs> there you go. What, what's this Final Fantasy you speak of? But like really games, though, I feel like you kind of got to see the conclusion to fully like get its full quality. Well, you know, so but actually, I don't know. This would be a good opportunity, Dylan, for you to bring us into the uh, game awards of it mm-hmm. all because we are well, yeah. we do want to talk about it. So, uh, we'll, well, let's talk about that. Uh, the reason I bring it up is because our dear listeners can expect next episode in January. Uh, we're gonna not only talk about whatever cringe comes our way in the game awards, but we're also going to talk about what the best games we played this year have been. Um, and I'll hold my comment until January, but, um, that's something that we've Dick done. And I are already sweating. About that. We, we've been talking about our game, like our game of the year. And both of us were like, I don't know if I have one. I've got a month and a half to catch up. Oh shit. Yeah. I, you You're know, need this vacation. Be, actually, you know what? That may be part of it too. We may come out and be like, yeah, I feel like 2023 was a strong year overall in games, but having a favorite game come out of 2023 is hard and not yeah. for the right reasons necessarily. Yeah. Cause Vic hasn't played Scarlet Nexus yet. So he doesn't know. <laughs> I, I, I haven't played fucking anything yet, man. I mean, he's even behind on Genshin. Okay. I yeah. am. <laughs> I'm behind on fucking everything. It's been I a weird year for Vic. Uh, yeah, I wasn't making like I wasn't making a joke there. No, he's just behind no, on yeah. Genshin. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so let's talk about the Golden Joysticks. So Golden Joysticks is the I, I think it's the Games Radar Award Show, or is the joystick the uh, for the people show? It's all votes, but I think so. So is uh, the Game Awards. Like they're supposedly also voted. Who runs this? Is it Games well, Radar? So, I better look it up. I don't know much of a joystick, but I do know the Game Awards. It's voted, but also panel. Oh, the Golden Joysticks is also known as the People's Gaming Awards. It's a video game ceremony, uh, and it is through Games Radar, okay. um, which is a blog, and it's meant to emulate like the Golden Globes, right? Like it's uh, like the Golden Globes. It's not an Oscar, but it is a prestigious award. Right. Whereas the TGAs are like the Oscars. Their their little I mean, statuette even looks like one. I can't say it's prestigious, but whatever. Yeah, it's eh, in, kind of in the video game terms. Yeah, because we don't have an alternative, so it's prestigious I mean, but, because it there's no other. <laughs> but, but, let's just be let's be real though. These award shows, the the awards are fucking secondary. We're just there to see what new shit they push. <laughs> Like yeah, trailers and so on and so forth. Well, that is a big part of it, yes. Um, and in fairness, like 
if if you're in the space, I imagine that it's actually very like good. Like if you are a games creator, you're whatever. It's good to have an award to your name. By no by no means am I trying to take away from the people oh. who it is important to. If nothing else, it's morale, right? So I'll tell you what, boys, here's what we'll do. So I've got the nominees and winners right in front of me. So I'm just going to name off the category, all of the nominees, and the winner, and then we'll talk some shit, and then we'll move so, on to the next one. I haven't <laughs> seen them yet. I want to see if I can guess each one. So give me the, okay. the, the actual you, winner. I'll late. give you a chance. I'll give you a chance to like to guess. So let's, okay. let's just start with the, the first category. We've got best storytelling, right? So the nominees are Baldur's Gate 3, the Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood, Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon, Oxenfree 2, Lost Signals, Paranorma Sight, The Seven Mysteries of Hanjo, and Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Well, if this was this, you know, if this wasn't was the uh, non People's Choice Award, I would say Jedi Survivor. However, because it's uh, the People's Choice Awards, uh, as it were, I'm going to guess uh, Baldur's Gate. Yeah, I'm gonna guess Baldur's Gate as well. It's like I've only heard of three of these games. Uh, yeah, like, that, that's the hard part. What the fuck is Paranormal? No, sorry, that's what? what makes it easy. Sorry. I know. Like I, I love Armored Core Six, and I, I, I've heard good things about Jedi Survivor. Like they didn't fuck it up. But it's not special, is is my take on Jedi Survivor. But I haven't played it yet, right? But that's what it looks like on the outside looking in. Is like, uh, yeah, they they made a sequel to that game that I played, and uh, they didn't fuck it up. But I'm not like in a hurry to play it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you've already played God of War. Why? It's yeah. uh, Jedi God of War. It's uh, it, it's more similar to Dark Souls in my opinion. Uh, but because it's like it's got literal literal bonfires and lots of dying but oh whatever. that's right it does have the bonfires <laughs> that's true the literal bonfires i love it but they're, sorry they're it has a stats. lot of uh yeah it has a lot of uh, similarities to that gener to the current generation we don't have mm -hmm. loading screens trust us but uh, i'll tell you what uh you guys are right that baldur's gate absolutely swept that category uh so oh, baldur's gate <laughs> is crushing everything if i had to guess yeah so this next one's called the still playing award and all of the games on here are old so <clears throat> oh no Baldur's gate can't be on this it, one. It, that means that Baldur's gate can't be on this one exactly uh so <clears throat> still playing have award. an easy win <laughs> uh the, the nominees are no man's sky genshin impact the sims 4 really sims 4 <laughs> fortnite uh naraka blade point i thought that was new but whatever uh gta online warframe valorant counter-strike global offensive slash counter-strike 2 that feels like a cop-out uh, is a cop -out. <laughs> apex legends dota 2 kawa duty what do you guys think ah uh, it's probably genshin i'm just gonna it's either that or fortnite yeah yeah like I, I thought it was gonna be easy but then we threw in three games that it could be genshin fortnite or warframe um i'm gonna go with my heart and i'm gonna say warframe even though i don't think warframe won yeah, I, I wanted Warframe to win. I, w I voted for Warframe when I did the little vote thing. But uh, it was No Man's Sky, actually. What, what the fuck? Yeah, huh? No Man's Sky. That feels purchased. <laughs> that kind of does feel purchased. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, no, taking, I'm not uh, taking away from No Man's Sky today being wildly different from No Man's Sky when, at release. I will readily admit that well i will never play it because i feel it's more of a principle i hate rewarding bad behavior which is releasing shit games in this case however i'm not mad at people who do play it because they are 
not necessarily rewarding bad behavior. They're trying to reward the good behavior of fixing broken games. The, this company is trying so hard to get Rick to play it. They're yep. going to like, like a year from now, No Man's Sky is going to be once again unrecognizable from the it's year also prior. It's going to have mechs. <laughs> it's going to have mechs, it's gonna have anime mechs. girls. Well, I don't even care about the stuff. anime girls, but I want them for whatever reason in my games. I can't explain it. <laughs> it's like they, they keep adding shit. Um, they keep improving it. And it's definitely unrecognizable from its launch state. And uh, they're not going to stop, which is crazy. Like, but yeah, I, I, I'm kind of like on that same point. It's like, I, I say purchased, but like, I, I just, I feel like, yeah, well, yeah, it's a much better game now. Who, who is really still playing it? Like in mass, like enough to, to, to win out a vote that, that feels like that feels rigged to me. I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like again, not, not taking anything away. It just, I don't know who's it still playing real. it. Right. Because again, they, who's still playing the game. If it was just like, cause like, they what did they have for the other uh, award ceremony? Uh, they call it this one the labor of love, right? I think is what they call it because they have it in the other one too. I've seen it before. They have a similar one. I don't think it, I don't think it's labor of love, but I forget which one it is offhand. But yeah, it's one of those. Uh, but it's one of those like things where it's like, yeah, we're still doing this even though we ne- may not, maybe shouldn't be doing this. And um, oh no, no man's sky feels like a. It just does not feel good, but whatever. <laughs> you know what? I'm willing to be wrong. Again, I, I, I'm not mad that I don't know, like Genshin didn't win. Obviously, I'm not mad that Fortnite didn't win. I don't play Fortnite, but I think they've won I, I that just, award in the past. That feels Fortnite. weird. That just feels weird to me. I don't know. Something about that's weird. I feel like there are other better choice games for this is what it comes down to. Fortnite just doesn't appeal to me because I'm not a child. And uh, as a parent, I do not let my kids play online games, so it won't appeal to them either. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, smart move, honestly. Yeah, yeah. It's like you want to play multiplayer. Uh, you know, pass me a controller. It's split screen. I got like fucking two hundred fifty six gigs of PS two games on my Steam Deck, ready to go. Like, <laughs> you more about that later. Classics. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this next category uh, for Golden Joysticks twenty twenty three um, is best visual design. Yeah, that best visual design. The nominees okay. are Baldur's Gate 3, Starfield, Hi-Fi Rush, Viewfinder, Lies of P, Street Fighter 6. I really, really want Hi-Fi Rush to win this. It is very stylish. Yeah, Hi-Fi Rush is my go-to with this one, yeah. because. Um, um, <laughs> but I'm pretty certain Baldur's Gate probably wins. <laughs> Baldur's Gate could beat it. But this is one of those few places where I can see another game winning. So I'm going to say Hi-Fi Rush. Hi-Fi I, I, will, Rush. I, will, I will preface real quick. Baldur's Gate is a great game. I don't think it should win anything in, in the ballpark of visual design. Especially considering the last act lags like shit. I would agree with that. I haven't played Baldur's Gate 3, but like looking at gameplay and watching it, it's like it just looks like a prettier version of Baldur's Gate 2. It, like, it is a fantastic game. I don't yeah. think it should win anything in the. I don't feel department. like the visuals are where it stands out. No, exactly. It is, yeah, exactly. It, 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 it's very re- It's a very readable game, but it's so, not exactly a pretty or. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, not anyways, that it means let's... so. Not that it means much coming from me because I'm looking at the winners, right? Uh, I would have picked Lies of P for this because it's like, yeah, sure, you might call it derivative because everyone's like, ah, Victorian era hard game. That's like Bloodborne, right? Like, no, but like, it looks so fucking cool, right? <laughs> 
they really leaned into that clockwork uh, aesthetic yeah yeah like i thought that was super neat and i definitely would have voted for eliza p i probably did i don't remember if i did or not uh the winner is boulder skate 3 um, yeah, okay. I, mean, I mean i figured that was coming and <laughs> i don't i i kind of hate that uh anyway the, that's yeah, uh, it doesn't deserve to win that category yeah next is uh studio of the year uh we have larian studios which if you don't know is the baldur's gate three people uh digital eclipse don't know what they've made uh nintendo uh you know sure uh, it says nintendo epd uh, which is a specific studio in Nintendo, but I don't know what Nintendo EPD is specifically responsible for. Me, me, me games. Uh, I don't know what that is either. I want them to win just because of the name, but I don't think they did because I've never heard of them. Right. Remedy Entertainment. I think they made Alan Wake. Uh, I don't remember. Well, the fact that we have to say I think before um, tells me something. They didn't win. CD Projekt Red. Uh, what do you guys I think? mean, it's going to be Larian. Um, it's like, probably if, Larian. If you want me to, yeah, I was going to say, if you want me to guess who won, it's Larian. It was Larian. Let's not waste more time on that. <laughs> uh, I don't even know who those other studios fucking were. Next is uh, Best Game Expansion. All right. Looking so, them up, they, nothing major, really. Really? Yeah. Um, there's only one that I can think of, Yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. so best game expansion we have power wash simulator dlc that's an inspired title <laughs> uh cyberpunk 2077 phantom liberty mm-hmm. the elder scrolls online necrom uh the case of the golden idol mysteries the lemurian vampire and spider of lanka i've never heard of that dead cells return to castlevania a little to mm-hmm. the left cupboards and drawers let's hear it I kind of want the Dead Cells one to win, but that's just my nostalgia talking. I'm pretty certain it's uh, Cyberpunk. Oh, Dead Cells is a good game, too. Like, Oh, it's um, fantastic. I could see that one. Uh, you know what? I could see Dead Cells winning this one, even though. And the only reason would be because Phantom Liberty just came out. Like, Phantom Liberty is only like that's a month true. old, right? So. Because of that, it could win. Uh, but that said, I don't think it did. So let it lay it on me. Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom yeah. Liberty. Uh, I I don't have much to say. I I'm gonna hold my thoughts on this episode for Phantom Liberty for next time because like I'm I don't know how far I am. Uh, for those of you who have played it who are listening, um, I just met Mr. Hands in person. That's not much of a spoiler. He lives in Dogtown. Who gives a shit, right? But like that's how far I am. I don't know if I'm like about to be done or if I have like another two thirds to go. Um, the story is pretty wild and I cannot predict how much more is ahead. <laughs> I'll probably have played it by then too. Yeah. It's on my short list. It's really good though. Like I, I am very happy with it. Like um, also the 2.0 update. Like um, what I will say is I rolled a new character. I'll be doing the same. And I did not skip to Phantom Liberty. That was an option at character creation was to skip straight to Phantom Liberty. Uh, I did not do that, and I played on the hardest difficulty. So it took me a long time to get there, but I did all of Act Two. Like I saved the um, the the Voodoo Boy quest for the end to finish Act Two because that's what triggers Phantom Liberty. Um, I did that on purpose, and now I'm doing Phantom Liberty now. And uh, great time, honestly, so far, fantastic. I will give you my 10 complete out of 10 thoughts. Would recommend? Uh, not yet. Uh, I will. Oh, okay. I'll give my complete thoughts later. Uh, to be honest, like uh, the way I think of it, like I'm enjoying every minute of it. However, it's taking all of my nights. 
was like, I want to play other shit, but like, I really want to finish it. And it's starting right. to feel like a chore, um, oh. which is not a good way to feel. However, no, it's really fun. So it's like, I shouldn't say it like that because it, I genuinely, it's a chore I genuinely you, enjoy it, yeah. but I just want to be done. <laughs> Okay. But like, um, it's a, I feel have a lot of weird feelings about it. But um, I'm sure by the time I get to the ending, I'll tell you if it was a banger or a bust. Um, oh. but it could go either way. Honestly. I can't imagine it. It'll be a bust unless they really shit the bed with the ending. Yeah. Uh, but because it's still a good game, right? Like, there's no getting exactly. around that. Like the 2.0 changes to the skill tree, like, are phenomenal. The I'm whole so game. excited. I'm so excited to play it. I, I've been craving it, but I know that if I played it off stream, I would regret it. Yeah, 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 it's definitely a stream game for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, try so to, what's try our next? To... The next one is best indie game. All right, the nominees are Dave the Diver, Pizza Tower, Dredge, Cocoon, Viewfinder, and Sea of Stars. I want I... Sea of Stars to win this. I think it's going to be Dave the Diver that wins. But uh, Dave we're... the Diver is, yeah, as I was going to say, is probably... It's probably I cannot see it being another game. Like... The other well, games Pizza Tower. I, that sounds familiar. I've never heard of it. I, I cannot see any of these. Like, with how Dave the Diver took everything by storm, I cannot see another game beating it. Well, Sea of Stars did, had, a, had a pretty good publicity for, like, the first couple weeks that it came out, too. Oh, yeah. Sea of Stars had a but great publicity. It, it I'm has not a gonna, chance. It does have a chance. I just but. don't think it did better than, like, I don't think it's a, a better, like, took the world by storm, like, Dave the Diver was like came out of nowhere and was like, by the way, I'm the best game you're going to play this year. I don't play it, but it was like that was kind of the way that it was delivered to the people. But so was- the winner uh, is Baldur's Gate 3. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it was Sea of Stars, actually. Oh, let's go. Yeah. Sea of Stars is one I've been I've been following since they like first made a Twitter. Pretty much. I have it installed yeah. on my PS5. I just haven't touched it yet. Oh, it looks oh right. Good. How can you when you have uh, so much more uh, <laughs> so much I've, more cyberpunk to play? I, I know. <laughs> I got to get it done. Okay, there's some wicked fucking indie games on the, on the horizon. Like Small Saga is one that I think uh, our listeners should look into. It looks like a, like an old school JRPG, that, but it takes place as small, like your small rodents using like household objects as weapons. Nice. It, yeah, looks, no, I, it looks so fucking good. Yeah, no, I've been watching that that one whenever you put something out about it because it's just so fucking funny looking. The bard playing with like a hollowed out pencil as a flute, dude. That's so funny to me. Um, that but that's not the one with the rat, is it? Yeah, it, it, I think you're playing. Yeah, I think the main character's a rat. Okay, so that's the one. Yeah, where you're playing as a rat, and he just like he gets angry, like he has a rage mode. Yeah, and, yep. So and he just mocks. That's so funny, dude. So let's go to the next category. So I was fucking with you earlier about Baldur's Gate being an indie nominee, but uh, this next category is best multiplayer game, and it, I am fucking shocked that Baldur's Gate Three was not nominated. I'm gonna right? be real; it is a dog shit multiplayer game. I-, I can explain that in depth in a moment if you'd like, but I'm just surprised because, like, uh... <laughs> right? How is it not a multi? How did it not get nominated for multiplayer? But because yeah, it... <laughs> I, I am a little surprised. Yeah, so let's go with the nominees. We have Exo Primal, Diablo 4, Street Fighter Diablo 4 got nominated? That feels I, a little... Spoiler, Diablo 4 did not win. Uh, no, that feels a little dirty. It if Diablo win, yeah. 4 won, 
I would I would have told you one hundred percent paid. Like, no, no, we'd be stopped. Paid. The the podcast would end while we <laughs> investigated this. Because it would it cannot be true. All right, the rest of the nominees: uh, we got Street Fighter Six, Remnant Two, Mortal Kombat One. Uh, we were here. Expeditions: The Friendship. I've never heard of that last one. Mm, no, I haven't either. So it's not them. Uh, probably um, Remnant 2. But I really don't know if I agree with any of these games. Yeah, Remnant same. 2, well, keep in mind, it has to be this year. And I think multiplayer games this year were kind of light. Um, Remnant, it's either going to be Remnant or 2 or Exoprimal. So he's I like saying, how they had, the, they had the decency not to put Call of Duty on here. <laughs> Thank well, fuck. yeah. Um, well, these are co-op, right? Not it just says it's just best multiplayer. It didn't, didn't specify. Okay. Then yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go with um, he went with that, so I'm gonna go Exoprimal. We should get it with one of ours. And then what'd you say, Vic? Remnant two? Yep. yep. Mortal Kombat one is the winner, actually. Oh. Which is weird because it is by and large a much worse get like fighting yeah. game than Street Fighter. Yeah, like Street Fighter is like the standard that all other fighting games are compared to for a reason. Uh whether or not you feel good about that or not. But like Mortal Kombat, like it's like it's American Street Fighter is what it is, right? Like yeah. it's 2D now instead of 3D. I still don't like that decision. Uh, however, um, it it does kind of stand on its own. I, I, I own it, by the way, because I love the story, uh, which is weird because it's not that great. Um, it's just this weird nostalgia for me. It's a thing me and my stepdad did when I was young, right? So everyone has their bias. Everyone has their one that one thing, man. You're I'll good. probably keep playing Mortal Kombat games if only to keep up with the plot. Uh, just because I love it. But um, as a fighting game, competitively, I said this on the show before, it's still true. But uh, as a fighting game, it's merit. Like, uh, it, a competitive game, no, no, it's, you don't don't learn Mortal Kombat. Play dude, something else. To be <laughs> fair with you, Dylan, I feel like that's just the same with every fighting game that's come out in the last, like, five or so years. I don't know. Like, I, I really like Tekken 7 and Soul Calibur. Um, I would play those. But I, I'm in such a jam with those fucking games, right? And I'm going to make it right. But, like, Think about, so Tekken 7, right? Came yeah. out, I had a PS4. Um, I bought it on the PS4, and then I stopped playing on my PS4. And not, it had nothing to do with Tekken, right? It's just, I didn't want to play my PS4 anymore. I, I moved on, you know? I, I got an Xbox One Series S. Sorry, Xbox Series S. Not Xbox One, that's confusing. Um, and I, I invested more into PC gaming, right? I probably should, if I had a PC version of Tekken 7... With all the DLC and shit, I'd probably still be playing it. Um, and with Soul Calibur, you know, that was after I made the jump from Sony to Xbox. And I was like, fine, fuck you, Sony. I'm tired of your bullshit. Get an Xbox Series S. Check out our previous episodes about why I did that um, and how it played out. But um, I uh, I have Soul Calibur on the Xbox, but the Xbox is now in the spare bedroom where my son plays video games and watches YouTube. And uh, it's not in the living room anymore, so I don't play it anymore. So it's like, it's not fucking available. <laughs> yeah, but I love those two games. I don't know. So I got I got a hot take on it. I think because mm-hmm. while I I don't I definitely don't have the right because I I am utter dog shit at fighting games. <laughs> I probably don't have the right to say this, but I feel like I'm I'm not entirely um the only one that feels this way. At least I mean I know anecdotally we got uh, some of the guys that feel the same way, but um. I feel like a lot of these fighting games have been dumbed down to a point where, in some cases, it's fine. And it's it's clear they're just trying to hit a more casual audience or they're trying to hit a larger audience. 
and it's acceptable. But then there's some cases where it's just like they've removed entire like mechanics that were kind of integral. Like uh, oh, like duel is like Guilty example. Gear Strive. Well, Strive, I think, honestly, isn't as bad as people gave it shit for. It, it still is in that direction, though, for the record. Right. It is still one of the problems I'm talking about. But, like, DNF Duel, they, you didn't even have a burst. Like, you, if you got hit on the... If you got stuck against the wall, you just shit out of luck. You just sit there and die. Well, if, I mean, depending on how far along you are in your health bar, but you get my point. It, it, it's not, not the greatest uh, setup um, for a lot of people. Yeah. Also, uh, Blast Blue cross tag battle was uh, for the the characters from Super Persona simple. were dumbed down compared to Persona Four Arena, which they also yeah. made that company, right? And, yeah, um, yeah, and it's just it's just weird because like, and, and I mean, to kind of contrast that though, uh, Soul Calibur Six did kind of something similar with its uh, rock paper scissors attack. It's you can't turn it off. You can't get rid of it. If you wanted to play without it, you just gotta have like a you know like a handshake rule not to use it. Uh, you know, and God forbid you fat finger it. It's just like I don't know. I kind of wish. I kind of wish we had a mode in these games. It's like here's your simple mode that you can play with your friends that suck ass, and here's your complex mode that you can play with all your friends that are really good at fighting games. Uh, I hate that. Like the new, the new, the reason why this is even coming up is there's a new fighting game coming out. Uh, Grand Blue versus or Grand Blue Fantasy versus Rising. A mouthful now. That is a mouthful. What the fuck? Where, <laughs> They have the simple commands, which is, uh, you know, likening, not quite the same thing, but likening to things like stylish mode, where it's like simple button com commands and auto combos and like, uh, are, are literally mixed in with the complex controls and you can't separate them. Well, and actually bringing that up, um, they, Dylan, you can speak to this more, but I'm pretty sure they simplified the commands for uh, Mortal Kombat too, didn't they? Like yeah. Brutalities so you can just walk into if you use a special move while you're, uh, taking down your opponent now right I, that's one thing i i hate about mortal kombat actually um is that ed boone is a marketing genius right um yeah. and he found new ways to monetize fighting games that nobody ever fucking thought of and i think a lot of the direction of the fighting game industry is because of him right whether or not you like mortal kombat or injustice um the amount of money that those games made has inspired the others. And uh, one of the things that they did in Mortal Kombat 11, I think this might also be true of Mortal Kombat 1, but I don't play online and I didn't look at the shop. But um, in Mortal Kombat 11, there's these thing called easy fatalities where um, you only have a finite number of them, uh, but you can execute a fatality on your online opponent uh, when you beat them uh, by just holding like R1 and pressing a single button. Or, or maybe you have two of them and it's, uh, it, you hold R1, it's a different button. But here's the catch, is that once you run out, you got to buy more with real money. <laughs> that is quite literally what, what Grand Blue does, except without the buying them. Right. Yeah. And it's like, you could just learn the fatalities. You don't have to pay for this. However, people do. And uh, I'm sure it makes them a lot of money. Uh, actually, Mortal Kombat 1 was recently embroiled in controversy because for Halloween, there was a temporary Halloween fatality that you could buy access to with real money and uh fans thought that was super scummy and they all boycotted it they're like don't buy that it's fucking stupid i mean it is scummy as shit i i think they walked it back or they they kept it but then they added some free shit that was fine that they probably were planning to monetize right as a token of goodwill um but if that might already sour the people's That's perception fucking wild though that they've yeah. done that yeah I, I can't defend Mortal Kombat. I'm going to keep buying them and playing the story, right? Like, probably till I die. But, like, I, I will not defend NetherRealm Studios. Like, they 
they're kind of a cancer on the fighting game industry, and I'm not helping by buying their games. But God damn I don't. Dylan, you're the problem. It's you. I know. Also, another thing that Mortal Kombat and NetherRealm Studios did with both Injustice and Mortal Kombat is the they they came up with really good ways to incentivize daily login. Right? Like, there's all these internal like like currencies to go unlock stuff that may or may not involve real money. Right? Um. And there's like daily sign-on bonuses and shit. And it's like, there's dailies, like a fucking MMO, right? And the way they built it, packed it into their game made sense. And it's like, like young me is like screaming like, oh, that's great. Because like, I remember what it's like to beat a fighting game in the PS2 era. Like that was a, not a small task because there's a lot of shit to do. But like, imagine like Tekken 5 when you've unlocked all the characters, you got every ending somehow. And you've beaten like the fucking Tekken Force mode that was actually really long. Um, oh yes, and, unlocking characters when that was a thing. Right, now you just slide your credit card. But like when you fully beat a game, then the only thing left to do is play against your friends who haven't put that much time into the game as you and you'll always win because they're not competitive, right? And it's like right. or you're it's a pick and you just don't have a brain for fighting games unfortunately. Yeah. Whereas with with Mortal Kombat 1 and the the two that came before it, um there's uh when you only play offline there will always be something for you to do. Um, and there will be a daily incentive to log in and play for even a little bit. And uh, there's like seasons of repeatable content, like like Mortal Kombat players who only play offline are eaten good. Whereas I remember Street Fighter V. Ain't shit to do in that game, but play other people, right? Yeah. It's like Mortal Kombat is like the opposite, which I feel like should be celebrated, but they just, they went about it in the shittiest way, right? They gave me what I wanted in the shittiest fucking way. <laughs> Damn the it. monkey's so, paw curls <sighs> yeah basically yeah but yeah best multiplayer game Mortal Kombat this next category is called best audio now to be clear there is not a category for best soundtrack or anything else audio related so it's all in this one category okay, okay. so best audio Baldur's Gate 3 uh, not nominated thank fucking god oh okay <laughs> cool I was gonna say kinda, it kinda kinda, sucks. Mosquit has some wicked I mean some fucking wicked music. It's very good. Music whatever, but no, actually the only place in the audio that really counts for Baldur's Gate is the narrator. Oh, yeah, she she does a fucking um, she's uh no, perfect job too. She isn't paid enough. No, she really is not paid enough. She even if she even job. if she made a million dollars on this, she wouldn't have been paid enough. Anyways, Dylan. Anyways, nominees. best audio. The nominees are Stray Gods, Hi-Fi Rush, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, Starfield, The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, Final Fantasy 16. Okay, um, Cyberpunk, or Cyberfunk. It's between 16 and Hi-Fi Rush for me. No, Cyberfunk or uh, Hi-Fi Rush is going to win this one, so I'm you're, going you're with Hi-Fi. Wait, you're not even going to argue for Zelda, Vic? <laughs> uh zelda didn't have that great a soundtrack either Zelda's game, honestly. Great, i was gonna say zelda has an iconic soundtrack but like they haven't done anything with it since like the 64 well so <laughs> there, there's something you guys may not be in the loop with uh they actually had a small controversy with at least with breath of the wild i think that i could have sworn there was the same with tears of the kingdom but i, I can't remember offhand. they actually have some um like some amazing re-listen a uh, thousand times kind of music that was in their trailers, and they never put it in the game. Damn. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of shooting themselves in the foot. 
I'm still mad that um last year at the VGAs, not the Golden Joysticks, but the VGAs, fucking God of War Ragnarok took this uh, award for like best soundtrack. When uh, I played that game, and that soundtrack was ass. There was nothing special about it. I would never go back and listen to it. I don't know if I'd say it's ass. It just was extremely inbuilt, right? Like it, it's okay when you're playing the game, but it's otherwise just not worth listening to. It yeah. doesn't have any. So that's yeah. How I used to like work this category specifically is. Am I still humming this? Uh, or do I think about this? Do I look up these songs later? <laughs> and actually, the I can't only game get down down by the rivers out of my head, man. The only game that away. I've actually done that with this year, and Dylan knows the exact song without me saying anything else, is um, <laughs> Armor Core Six. That's mm-hmm. the only game I played uh, this year that has yes. had a song. Uh, and it wasn't well, even it, nominated. Fuck. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, in fairness, though, the rest of the soundtrack was kind of mid. There was one song on that soundtrack that's a banger. The rest of it's, I'm using mid proper, not saying it's shit. It's just like barely there for I most know. of the soundtrack. Yeah, it, it fits the game, but nothing more. Vic, you'll understand when you finally play the game. I, I, I mean, I already understand. I, 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 someone can yell and bitch and moan at me and piss and shit themselves, but uh, every every FromSoft game since like Demon Souls has pretty much been that way. Oh no well, no no. I'm saying like you'll understand so, the song when you play the game. Oh yes, sorry. Okay, I get you. I get you. I don't remember if it was if I mentioned this on the episode you weren't on Vic, where we went full spoilers on Armored Core, or if I waited for you to come back. But uh, I'll repeat myself anyway. Like um, the the lack of a banger soundtrack is is what makes Armored Core six like nine out of ten instead of ten out of ten, like it could have been. Because like Armored Core has always had banger soundtrack. This is the first one that misses. I think. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I mean. To be fair, you gotta, you gotta. I guess you gotta have, add the stipulation that comparatively, because like mm-hmm. the, some of those old soundtracks probably didn't age quite as well. But no, they they age like fine wine. No, Dylan, Dylan's recently played through the games. Yeah, oh, okay, and okay. they absolutely hold up. There's like ab- absolute hype. Um, in fact, uh, let me let me look one up. I'm, I'm gonna have you listen to one. Yeah. So while Dylan's looking that up, I'm going to be just kind of filling the airwaves for you guys. The Armor Core 6 is a fantastic game overall, but I absolutely agree with Dylan. That is like a 9 out of 10, maybe even only an 8 out of 10 in some regards, because something we've got to keep in mind, Dylan's uh, super biased towards Armor Core. I I, I am too, to be fair. Well, that's an important thing to keep in distinction. I'm not biased towards Armor Core, but... Like it does have some things keeping it back from being able to be my game of the year. Just straight up, there are some things that, like, it's too short of a game. It has functionally no replayability. I mean, like, reasonable replayability. Like, if you're replaying the game ten years from now, that doesn't count as replayability. Um, so yeah, no, it's not like it has things holding it back because that's something that we, uh, the, as a community, just expect now is can I play the game? again after i played the game and it not be meaningless all right vic i here we are back to your regular schedule of programming so i'm going to put this link in our discord uh vic and this song for the listeners at home since we're not going to play it on the show um is a track from the original first armored core game but it also shows up in project phantasma and masters of arena and if you've played all three you probably remember it most from project phantasma and master of arena because it was one of the random tracks that can play during the arena battles it's called i know it it's called insurance money yeah and like give it a listen and tell me that doesn't hold up and that's the coolest fucking arena track that you could get in a battle (laughs) like 
Wait, this plays in the first armor core? Fuck yeah, dude. And when this song hits, like, it's on. And you're getting a taste of the moonlight. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, and that is, well, that's something that I really, really try to, um, the timing of the tracks are important because, mm-hmm. like, I'm pretty sure we discussed this on the episodes Vic were not, wasn't on when we did the high spoiler episode. But, like, it, like, um, you know, the one that, the one from six that I'm talking about is, like, if it didn't play when it plays, it would only be a good song. Right. But like, I, I fondly remember this song. Uh, I've recently beat Phantasma and Master of Arena um, on my emulators. And holy shit, this song is so hype. I was banging my head every time it came on. So listeners, if you want to you wanna follow along with what Victim's listening to right now, it's uh, track number 15 from the Armored Core original Best Track album, which is like a, like a, anniversary re-release album or some shit but don't worry they didn't change this track at all <laughs> it's exactly like it is on the game uh it's called insurance money track 15 what do you think vic it's a two minute song I'm, I'm guessing you already got to the climax yeah yeah i um yeah i remember this track actually funny enough i it with the moment you said it is like oh wait a minute <laughs> i was like okay yeah I, I, for some reason i, I was i for, for some stupid reason in my mind i was thinking like it was like fucking midi synth music back then but it, well, it really was proper uh like electronic mm-hmm. music really yeah yeah they do and that's something that uh which i guess probably of. was in part midi for the time but it, it, oh, you know, yeah it, it didn't sound like video game music is the point yeah and i feel like i could bring up a lot of like my favorite highlights from like armored core 2 and armored core 3 but like what I've sent you just now is from the first game. And so, like, I think it would defeat the point to bring up later tracks. Like, the soundtrack has always been good, is my argument here. And yeah, uh, it, it just wasn't at this height in Armored Core 6. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't quite at this height. And I feel like that was a bit of a bummer. Especially when, um, you know, the competition, Damon X Machina, also had a banger soundtrack. It's like... That it did, yeah. Yeah, so it really did. So we've laid out uh, our games that we think won um which which game won the uh oh yes the winner uh for best audio the golden joy 2023 was final fantasy 16 okay uh and i, I am the, i'm the happy owner of the soundtrack on disc it came in the mail not long ago and it's fucking eight discs long <laughs> i haven't played it yet but i've heard the entire soundtrack it's fantastic no, it's yeah, so yeah, good. Will, uh, no, without any context it's just good <laughs> none of the, i was gonna say none of the game like not none of the games but the games that could have won any of the three that I were was willing to give it to. That's I'm not upset by that victory. I mean, it's the only thing Final Fantasy can win this year, unfortunately for it. Yeah. So this next category, I'm actually really happy with. Like, I I feel like this should be a category in the TGAs if it's not already. It's I don't I don't recall if it is, but they should make a category for this. It's best yeah. game trailer. Now, you know me, game trailers are art. Uh, Not only do I think that mobile game ads are fucking hilarious, but I also really, like, fondly remember, like, the Devil May Cry 3 and the Metal Gear Solid 3 electronic gaming monthly tracks they would give you on the CD that came with your fucking magazine. Like, I've always loved game trailers. It's art, uh, 100%. Our nominees, we have Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty, official cinematic trailer, Alan Wake 2, the Dark Place gameplay trailer, the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom official trailer number three. 
I, I don't remember what's in number three, but it's that's the one. They oh, I mean, they I do remember them. That's fine. I know which one that is. Okay, good. good. Uh, you can enlighten me in a minute. Uh, but Baby Steps reveal trailer. Uh, that was a funny, yeah. ha oh, humor. It's like fucking Seth Rogen tier humor. I didn't like that. Uh, Mortal Kombat they got one. Nominated. Mortal Kombat one. It's in our blood trailer, which I think is the one where they got Batista. It's like live action. It's weird. Um, and then Dave the Diver official release month and accolades trailer. Mm. I love trailers. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think who would win this one. Um, well, you're thinking, Vic. What, what's this Zelda trailer? What was so special about number three? So number three was the. I think I, I can't remember two and one offhand, but I'm pretty certain it's the first time we got full blown gameplay, gameplay mixed with like actually seeing bits of the story. Three and it was. What? It was the first time they showed off the otherworldly creatures that we just, the the NPCs that we just didn't know anything about. We had no sweet fucking clue. So it basically, it it poised, or it posed all the questions that we were to have for the entire game moving forwards. I was going to say, was 3 also the one where they introduced the, uh, did the gameplay reveal for the, uh, the thing that all new Ubisoft survival games are going to copy? The, uh, construction uh, crap yeah the the way we- oh, i was gonna say specifically the I... weapon crafting but yeah was that where they introduced no that no, no. Okay. So that, uh, i think they show oh, no, it that was um, they show it but they don't showcase it yeah that was the direct that, that okay. explained um, it damn then i'm trying to think though yeah um mm, i don't know yeah it's a it, tough one. it, it, it what was do you think, by Vic? and large the hypest trailer yeah what do you think vic the trailers because i'm not i'm I not kinda confident wanna say at tears of the kingdom because that was actually a fucking amazing trailer yeah, if you love no, or hate the game it definitely built hype yet yeah, none of these games um like trailer wise i'm trying to think because don't get me wrong phantom liberty is a big deal and all but it was more the announcement of phantom liberty the trailer I, I can't bring anything to mind with the trailer. i didn't like the trailers that much i mean not that i hated them it's just that they were trying to be vague about it because I mean it's supposed to be a spy thriller. They, if they give you too much away, it's no longer a spy or a thriller. So it, it's just like double-edged sword, right? Like they, they couldn't show us too much or it would hurt, hurt it, but not showing us enough means that they don't mark it properly. So on and so forth. Yeah. Um you know what? It I don't think it deserves it at all, but I'm gonna say Dave the Diver. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So Cyberpunk is our winner, actually. Okay. Um now the official cinematic trailer was uh I think they they showed some backstory for Idris Elba's character which was kind of neat. Um, oh right, they put Idris Elba in the trailer. So naturally. Oh, I that's guess. a good point. <laughs> that that is a natural like vote like Yeah, no. Magnet. Yeah, no. Wake the fuck mind. up, samurai. I mean spy, like whatever. Uh <laughs> Uh yeah, but no. yeah, no. My bad. Fan I, of Liberty you, is the winner. You could have said that Idris Elba was in that trailer and that would have swayed my vote immediately going. <laughs> Not it's okay. Not even bringing up the trailer to mind. My bad. It's all good. Our next category is best game community. The nominees. Um, none. <laughs> I'm going with none. <laughs> Those fucking gamers. Well, if we had to compare them. Right? Okay. The least. Uh, the least bad tr- game community. Got it. So uh, our our nominees: Final Fantasy XIV, Warframe, Baldur's Gate Three, Deep Rock Galactic, Dreams. And Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. I mean, I mean, 
by default, Tears of the Kingdom should win this just because they don't have a community that interacts with each other. Yeah, I was um, gonna say, like you if you put any single player on that game on that on that list, you're just you just you're basically just saying the Twitter few that still talk about right, the, the the meme feed. Uh, um, when I think but, Zelda yeah. community, I'm thinking of people sharing clips of their like freaking uh Yes, like the F1 robot bombers. With the flaming pe- I was gonna yeah. say the the giant uh, wooden robot with the flaming penis, yes. I mean yeah. That was fucking hilarious and amazing at, at the time that that was still a big, like, popular thing to do. But well, um, can you like rapid fire me back the the list again? We got Final Fantasy fourteen, the MMO uh, featuring the Heaven Square yeah. <laughs> Warframe, Baldur's Gate three, Deep Rock Galactic, Dreams. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say fourteen. I think fourteen is yeah, a safe choice. I, I think um, it's, it, it just has it has a larger, like, more consistent base. Mm-hmm. One of the least toxic MMO communities I can ever think of in history of uh, MMOs. Comparatively, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I, I'd say I, quite. I personally would pick Warframe uh, for all the same reasons. I just I'm more familiar with that community. Warframe, yeah. Uh, like yeah, no, Warframe would be my choice. It, like in a serious sense, I would mm-hmm. say Warframe. But for um, the game awards of it all, I think by default it would have to be Nintendo. But nobody would vote for Nintendo if that makes sense. Like not enough yeah. people would vote for game for zelda for it to be the best game community but objectively of the list there they have to be the best I mean, so if it was six months saying. ago they would but yeah yeah okay i'm gonna say zelda so when it comes to warframe it's like um not only is a good healthy community the reason why the marketplace thrives and isn't like a toxic mess uh but like people are just like really like upfront about helping people like i i don't know how many times i've run through the beginning of the game with someone right uh just because it's fun and it's also fun to flex on them too, but like in a, a cooperative way. Uh, but like, that's been my Warframe experience. But um, the winner is Baldur's Gate Three. Uh, surprise! <laughs> Stupid. It but what, have a community? Com- what community? You know they don't what? got I one. Know, you know I what? Know. I I know what happened here with Baldur's Gate and why they're sweeping. I know what it is. It has nothing to do with the game. It's the new hotness. Well, yep. it's the new hotness. It's sticking it in the face of the man because Larian Studio, small time studio, Larian Games, you know, with it is uh, doing what, you know, every other AAA game is failing to do. And so I get it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so their their communities, as they were, like are coming out in force to vote. That's ultimately what it is. The it's they've got a massive community that is willing to come out and vote whether or not they believe the game is actually as good as it is they're still giving them their vote yeah, this yeah. Is a there, popularity contest at the end of the day there yeah. are worse games to that have swept i, I think yeah. God of War. at the <laughs> very yeah exactly at least Baldur's Gate three is a deserving game of awards i just not, don't know if all of the awards <sighs> it's got are quite deserving I'm not mad at them for winning awards. I'm disappointed that it, since it's a popularity contest, these objective things are not being well objectively picked. And it sucks because like, yeah, if if you if you do a panel of judges, it, there's there's too much you know money changing hands. If you uh, don't have judges and it's only people voting, it's just whatever's fresh in people's minds. It, or well, I mean, depending on what gets nominated at all, I guess. But you get my point. You hear well, it here right. first, folks, on the Melomancy podcast. Democracy does not work. 
All right. Uh, well, so. not not when it comes to things like this. Well, actually, no, that's something to keep in mind. You know, we all pretend that democracy... Okay. Quick political <laughs> aside here. Our choices are chosen for us already. Like, the big choices are already made long before we get to the voting booth. Anyways, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Any final thoughts, victim, on uh, the community award? I that, no, I think that's. I mean, it's it's fine. I mean, I should be told. I think it's better to look at just what was nominated versus what won. A lot of the times, in, in terms of like things being healthy. Yeah. So yeah, you know, both there states really going to win anything good... it's nominated for in all, all real, real, real realisticness. Jesus. Yeah, um, there were good communities so. that were put up there. Ultimately, yeah. is what it comes down to. Any one of those communities could have won, and I wouldn't have been upset with the victory. Totally fair. Totally fair. So this next category, I'm not going to dignify with a discussion. Highly confident you haven't heard of a single one of these games. The category is best VR game, and the winner was the Horizon Zero Dawn game, which I didn't even know existed. I think I disagree with that, and I didn't didn't even have to see the list, but that's all right. You know what? Horizon Zero Dawn, what they did is they finally found a category they could win. Oh. That's uh, that's a good one. Ah, I like that. That's a good one. <laughs> what? Huh? I said that Horizon Zero Dawn finally found a commu- uh, something it could win. Like, oh, one Lord. category and all categories it's ever been in. This is the one. They won the fucking pity vote, dude. They made a VR game just for that. I mean, I don't you know, know if they, they probably they, did actually. Like, yeah, I was shit. gonna say, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it, any year the the Horizon has been on a list they've ever won because they keep stupidly releasing when they're going to get smashed by everything around it. It's like, I've just had it up to here with that fucking studio. Like they keep pushing horizon zero dawn and it's like, okay, I, I supported you guys before when you made kill zone because I thought kill zone was a really great franchise that had lots of potential and was really good overall. But like, I'm not interested in this. Like, Ubisoft facsimile bullshit. Like, make it to the kill zone. I feel bad because, like, I, I see, I see clips every once in a while where people are like, oh, people say this game is is bad, lol, and then they show a clip that's supposed to prove prove that wrong, and it's like a dude sliding like behind an enemy for like ten minutes, shooting it in its very clear glowing weak points, and it's like, yeah, wasn't that a hard, cool looking fight? But I was like, yeah, it was flashy. That's not indicative of good gameplay, or hell, that's not even really... I mean, if I had to do that three or four times, I'd be pissed. It'd be boring as fuck. It's just like... I I, I think it, it comes down to a lot of times, there are people out there that are, are, are enthralled by literal flashing lights. And you know what? I ain't gonna... I ain't, I'm not talking shit, man. If that's if that's what gets your rocks off, man, I'm fucking jealous. That would be amazing if, if I could just... <laughs> if I could just look up fucking YouTube videos of fireworks going off and be entertained for hours, man, I would be ecstatic that would be a fucking godsend but i am unfortunately not able pharmacists hate him get dopamine with this one simple (laughs) trick (laughs) so okay i it has been let's see i'm trying to think how old is my brother is 19 so it will have been at least 15 years no no i'm gonna be generous and say 12 years 12 years ago i went to for one of my brother's birthdays i went to a chuck e cheese and let me tell you 
they had the simplest games because Chuck E. Cheese can't have any like gun games or any any actually mm-hmm. good arcade games. They can't because no Halo. actually <laughs> actual good arcade games involve Attending. lots of violence. Yeah, fair. Um, and they had one. And it reminded me of what you were saying about the fireworks on YouTube. A roller coaster simulation. <laughs> like <laughs> you, you want to. Like not like see when I said that some people are like oh you mean like roller coaster tycoon how do you do that in an arcade that's where some people went okay no because that's, that, that's the only reasonable direction no to I'm take, saying you sit but... in a fake roller coaster cart you put money or tokens because you've already they're they're tokens because uh, arcades found out long ago long before loot loot boxes and gotcha games found out that if you make people give you money you can give them fake money that only works at the location. Um, and so they give you your fake money that only works at this location, uh, these tokens, and you put like four tokens in and then you select a roller coaster and you pretend you're on that roller coaster. I got I got to give some credit to the to the, the companies that make those games, because I'll tell you what I'll tell you what um, I was hey, at the Great Wolf Lodge last year with my children and they had an arcade there and one of the arcade games was a roller coaster simulator kind of similar to what you described but this was a modern one and let me tell you what they've changed yes (laughs) so the difference is the um the the thing that you sit in has a lot more motors in it so you you are you know bobbing and weaving like a real roller coaster but you're not staring at a screen you have a vr headset on right oh and they're blowing air at you with multiple fans based on what the simulation is at so it's a little bit more immersive now However, oh, no, that's actually sounds pretty fucking cool, Dylan. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> if you if you're if you're at least somewhat remotely simulating it perfectly or properly, sorry, not perfectly. Um, that's that's it. That's at least something. But like, if it's literally just a screen and you're in a chair that moves a little bit, it's like, come on, man. But that was an arcade at a resort, right? The, yeah. I've been to a Chuck E. Cheese recently too, because I have small children, and uh, the, that same game you described is still there in the same condition. So, oh. Oh. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese oh. has not improved. However. <laughs> so but yes that I, I in my head i'm imagining some <laughs> of the games winning that way like basically that in the vr category that's what horizon zero dawn was going up against and boy howdy they managed to win this time guys they did it alloy or alloy sorry because alloy was wasn't special enough uh, you know what i'm not gonna go in on horizon because again it, it's such a it low-hanging target well, it will derail the podcast yet again. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I, I guess the long and short is I'm not. I'm never giving anyone shit for liking something and in, in playing it. We all got our bias. We all got our one thing. Mm-hmm. Not my thing. <laughs> they just can't figure out how to make Horizon popular. They've tried adding Aloy into Genshin Impact. They've tried to be <laughs> They just can't find their niche. Okay. <laughs> Have they considered releasing a game that is a unique game? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Oh, you know, okay. you know what's funny? What, what, what do you think this is, Rick? Nineteen ninety. The the funniest Come part on. about that argument, though, like, um, is I would say Death Stranding is a pretty unique game. But uh, maybe the best the same engine. They yeah. use, not only that, like, I'd say I I dare say the best thing that came out of Horizon Zero Dawn was Death Stranding because mm-hmm. they made that engine for Horizon Zero Dawn, and that's what they used for Death Stranding. And those are the only games yeah. that have been made with that engine are the the, the two Horizon yep. Zero Dawn games and their DLCs and Death Stranding. 
and probably Death Stranding too, I think as well. Yeah, which well, is I just comical. Will be. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? I'll, I'll play fair. I'll play fair. Death Stranding, kind of the opposite. It's not as it's not as interesting a game because there isn't a whole lot going on. Fucking loved it. So there's that. Horizon can't catch a break. As I say, Death Stranding has this uh, very divided, like very divided fan base for that one. But um, yeah, no, Horizon just can't catch a break. But a large part of it is the studio's fault, like, and not in the obvious ways, like them making an Ubisoft game and trying to pretend it's unique and special and different. But like, right. they release Horizon Zero Dawn released right around. Uh, one of the Dark Souls games, or no, not Dark Souls. I think no, it was Bloodborne. It was Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. That's right. So Horizon Zero Dawn released like the same week as Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild doesn't even have to try to beat the shit out yeah. of it. And I think um, it was <laughs> New Dawn, or their their sequel came out around the time that fucking Elden Ring came out. Yes, uh, I didn't even know they had their DLC. I think it was like it was like three weeks or something like that before. Um, Fucking uh, Tears, Tears of the Kingdom was supposed yeah. to come out, yeah. So they they really did not time very well at all. No, they constantly shoot themselves. The studio constantly shoots themselves in the foot, uh, even out because like, okay, it it as a popcorn game goes, I'm sure it's a fun game. Like Ubisoft keeps making these games and they keep making money with these games, so clearly it's not a bad formula. I mean, there's always something to be said about. There's always something to be said about turning your brain off and just enjoying something for, like, the short, like, 10 to 15 hours it gives you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. And so, like, I'm not... Like, that's ultimately not the problem, because there are thousands of games released a year, every year, and I will say, like, 0.1% of them even interest me. Like, maybe 10 games a year come out that I'm like, yeah, I could play that. So, I'm not going to be some out here like I'm some kind of fucking connoisseur or anything no i have a very very limited taste in video games so <laughs> i i got a really funny category after this one. Oh shit i think we should move to it yeah, yeah, yeah let's yeah, get let's it go. so <laughs> this one has a wide nomination uh so it's best gaming hardware right and this Fucking isn't this what? isn't oh. this isn't console wars or anything this is a uh, oh. literal hardware now now get a load of this you're gonna laugh I, I, I dare say. Uh, so here okay, are the nominees. Uh, I will try to also try to articulate what I think they are. So uh, the first one is PlayStation VR 2. That's a headset, obviously a VR headset. Uh, Turtle Beach Stealth Pro headset. That are Those are headphones and a microphone. Okay. The Alienware 34 AW3423DWF. <laughs> I, I think that's a laptop. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's, that's it. it sounds like a <laughs> laptop, but it's also Alienware, so it's probably a laptop. The next one is the Nitro Deck. I don't know what that is. That might be a Steam Deck accessory, not made a by Steam Valve. Deck a Steam Deck competitor. <laughs> I don't know. Ever heard of it? Uh, the next one is Asus ROG Strix Scope Two Ninety Six. That is RAM. That's fucking RAM for your computer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And then the last one is the Samsung 990 Pro. Bro, that's a hard drive. Like, yeah. Fucking... <laughs> I'm going with Samsung. I'm I'm going I'm going Samsung because that's your computer can use another hard drive. <laughs> no, I don't need it. It, it but it's a, I I use the Samsung uh, nine 970s. They're M.2 well, drives. The RAM is already disqualified. That's software. That's no. It that's was a piece software. Of hardware. Wait. <laughs> 
I'm the joking. 990 Pro I'm, was something. No, I, okay. I was making the joke about downloading RAM. God okay. damn. Fucking <laughs> help. So, uh, I'm surprised uh, the latest NVIDIA or AMD graphics cards are not on this list, or monitors. Like, what the fuck? Well, people have to have them developed for them. I was, I was going to say, that's what I thought you were going to talk about, Dylan. I was like, oh, 4090 wins. Easy. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> 4090, but uh, we had to nominate the RAM stick. But... <laughs> fucking RAM. <laughs> What the fuck? This category is dumb. Uh, anyway, PSVR two is the winner. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Oh, which what, is also which one, dumb. Which one won? Sorry, PlayStation VR two. Oh yeah, no, that's fucking stupid. PlayStation shouldn't even be on the list. It's not oh, okay. It like that one shouldn't be on the list of this one because this was clearly a PC group, right? Right. Like everything else is a PC part. Or I think I think you could argue that the Turtle Beaches could be used in a console. Um, no, because like Turtle multiplayer. Beaches almost exclusively make console edition. Huh. Uh, oh, that yeah, work yeah. With the firmware. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I don't know if it's changed since I've had a console, but I've bought like I've bought Turtle Beaches in the past five years, and I had to make sure that I got the PC version because they had an Xbox version as well that would not work on PC. Anyway, let's move on. That, that was <laughs> a good laugh. Uh, here's a, a palate cleanser for you. So these next three categories don't have nominees. They just have the one listed winner, right? Which makes me think that this wasn't something you could vote on. This was probably the Corpo Influenced Award, right? Uh, okay. We have Corpo so, Influenced Award one. So we have the the Breakthrough Award, the Critics Choice Award, and Best Streaming Game. So the, they had to make sure we had a category that could be rocked. You couldn't rock the vote, right? So <laughs> anyway. Right. Well, I mean, it probably gets them a lot of money to make sure the corpos can have a say. In the right. Program. So the breakthrough award was Cocoon slash Geometric Interactive. I have no idea what that is. Um, the Critics' Choice Award. What did award, they fucking do? I, I have no idea. They broke through. <laughs> they broke okay, through something. Hang on. Hang on. Okay, say that again. I'm going to Google them while you read the rest of these. Okay. Cocoon, what? Cocoon slash Geometric Interactive. I think that's a, a game and a developer combo there. Yeah. Okay, I'm doing it. I'm going. Got it. All right. Uh, yep. The Critics' Choice Award goes to Alan Wake 2. Um, that's fair. Su surprised it wasn't Baldur's Gate, honestly. <laughs> well, Alan Wake 2 right here was actually a really good game. Yeah. I didn't play the first one. Also, so Baldur's Gate didn't get uh, perfect critic reviews. Oh, yeah, fair. But it's the highest rated in a long time. Maybe yes. ever. <laughs> um, anyway, best streaming game. That's really the category. Best like best game to stream. Best streaming game. Uh, actually, I, I want to know what you guys think it is going to be without a list of nominees. What best would you say? streaming game. Yeah. To, game oh. to stream. Oh, oh, easily. Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> if it's not Baldur's Gate 3, it might be something in the realm of like just chatting <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It is a shooter. Oh, it's a shooter. Oh, Valorant. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, hang on. No, Fortnite. I'm sorry. I, I guess no, the Vic, wrong Vic got it. It's Valorant. Oh, okay. That's Valorant. just CSGO with e-girls. You know, what's <laughs> weird about Valorant? Fortnite really isn't all that high up on the list anymore, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think, no, it, I think I it's falling off quite hard. I think Valorant is pretty low on... That one's a purchased one, for sure. Anyways, so you want to hear about Cocoon? What is Cocoon? So Cocoon is a video game. Uh, it's <clears throat> from, I'll read the little blurb they have on Steam. 
From Jeff Carlson, the lead gameplay designer of Limbo in Inside, Cocoon takes you on an adventure across worlds within worlds, master leaping, world leaping mechanics, and solve intricate puzzles to unravel a cosmic mystery. And the publisher was, or developer is Geometric Interactive. Huh. Well, breakthrough. I don't know what the breakthrough is, um, because unfortunately I'm on Steam, so there's no um, actual reviews. All the reviews are, because this is what happens when you go to Steam. There are three things that happen in the uh, reviews. Either one, they are actual reviews. That does happen from time to time. Two, people bitching about the game, usually problems with their own hardware. Or three, it's uh, people who don't want to give away anything about the game, so they're giving it a thumbs up and just saying, like, bits of the game, like, uh, within worlds interlinked. Within worlds interlinked. Interlinked. That is literally the top review. It nice. fucking means nothing. I'm sure it's some kind of in-joke. That is a reference to Blade Runner, uh, the sequel. Yeah. 2049. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sure, like, I, I know it's some kind of in-joke, but you see the problem with it, where it actually means nothing as far yeah. as a review is concerned. So, I mean, and don't get me wrong, sometimes you get fun joke reviews that are like, you know, got shot in the head, 10 out of 10 would play again. Those are funny. Or, like, you got a lot of those with uh, Disco Elysium. Uh -huh. Like, uh, failed to put on pants, fell downstairs, broke neck, 10 out of 10 would play again. Let's move on to happier topics. These next two yeah. categories are uh, voice actor related. Now, uh, Victim follows the brand account on Twitter. I don't know if you saw my tweets. I totally spoiled this one. I uh, may not have, actually. I don't recall well, seeing anything. Well, don't go I looking for it. <laughs> don't go looking <laughs> for it. I'm, 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 I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. All right. All right. So we have best lead performer and best supporting performer. We'll start with best lead performer, right? The nominees are Ben Starr, who plays Clive Rossfield in Final Fantasy 16. He's my vote. I don't need to uh, see the rest. <laughs> Yuri Lowenthal, who plays Peter Parker in Marvel Spider-Man 2. Mm -hmm. uh, Cameron McGonaghan, who plays Cal Kestis in Star Wars Jedi Survivor. He also does the motion capture, of course. Um, we have uh, a double. We have Ika Vili and Matthew Peretta in as Alan Wake in Alan Wake 2. Uh, I think one of them is like an actor because I, I I've seen some clips and there's like like there's like clips of like live action scenes going on. So that's probably what those two people are. Um, oh yes, they do. They did that in Control as well. Uh, that, yeah. yeah, that's that. Yeah. And then we have uh, Naji Jeter uh, who plays Miles Morales in Marvel Spider Man 2. Uh, Elise uh, Chapel who plays Kathy Johnson in Deliver Us Mars and Melody. Melanie LeBird, uh, who plays Saga Anderson in Alan Wake 2. So, I I don't need to see this to know who won. <laughs> like, it, <laughs> if you if you even remotely use Twitter, you, you automatically know this one, and it has to be Clive. Fuck yeah. He He's the only swept. one that I could imagine. He showed up to his acceptance speech wearing a Final Fantasy VIII shirt. It was fucking great. Yes, he uh, did. That motherfucker showing up in a Final Fantasy VIII shirt is, like... Like, based as fuck, dude. Final it Fantasy was included eight. in his speech, like in his acceptance speech. He's like, I wore the shirt because people keep asking me what my favorite Final Fantasy is, and it's eight. Stop asking me. So you want to know something really funny, Dylan? Hmm. I saw that image, didn't know what I was looking at. I did that was him that. accepting the award for best voice but actor. I wasn't paying attention. I must have been just like doom scrolling while I was doing something else because I saw them. I was like, oh, that's neat. And then just kept scrolling. And I did not click I, in my I, head. It's what absolutely, it, was. it is well deserved. It is. 
that man Final Fantasy 16 has the some of the best English voice acting I've ever heard in a video game. And, and don't get me wrong, that's all fine and dandy. He spends literally like almost every day on Twitter just doing like random voicing uh, and like usually jokingly for like everything and anything. And the man has amassed a pretty sizable following just shit posting. He's me. just he just keeps shit posting. It. He also hypes yeah. up the franchise, Final Fantasy in general. Like it doesn't have to just yeah. be sixteen. Yeah, like, no, I'm absolutely into it. Um, okay, yeah. fans he, convinced him to play fourteen, and he's like, "I'm gonna play the smallest and sluttiest Lollafell you've ever seen." <laughs> what a fucking hero! And when he said that, I was like, "Yeah, motherfucker, let's go!" It's he's such a treasure. What a great he man. Is, he honestly so is. yeah, uh, yeah. I just he was the only one that I was ever gonna vote for on that one. Although, in fairness, wait, no, this is not. This is just like so or main supporting character, lead right? performer. Yeah, lead. So, okay, what's our next uh, VA role? Because this matters a lot. This one, this next one is best supporting performer. Okay. The nominees are Laura Bailey, who plays Mary Jane in Marvel's Spider-Man Two. She's a strong choice in anything. Right. Uh, Neil Newbrun, uh, who plays Asterion in Baldur's Gate Three. Okay. S- Sissy Jones, who plays Andrea in Starfield. Um, that's Andrea with a J. Um. Andresia. Don't worry. Oh. <laughs> it is actually Andresia. Yeah. Okay, I was gonna say that's some uh that's some right. weird naming bullshit. No, don't right. worry about it. It's okay. The next oh, one good. is Amelia Tyler, who plays the narrator in Boulder's Gate 3. Um oh. Ooh, that's a tough one. So Laura <laughs> Bailey on name alone is a strong choice. However, the oh, narrator, yeah, dude, the she's narrator. Been, she, you know, we talked about Ben Starr having massive mm-hmm. presence. She, the narrator, she also has massive social media and just in general mm-hmm. presence. Like Larian's put out several compilations of her outtakes. And people and, have animated them and shit. Yeah, yeah no, there, there are three more her. nominees. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll no, get through her. them. Get through them. <laughs> uh, good, good talk, though. Like, <laughs> it's going to be a close one. Uh, the next one is Ralph Ineson, who plays Sid Telemon in Final Fantasy 16. Uh, then we have Patricia Somerset, who plays Princess Zelda in The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. She unfortunately and, had no chance. But. And lastly, we have Idris Elba, who plays Solomon Reed in Cyberpunk 2077, okay. Phantom Liberty. Oh, shit. That, that's another That doesn't change my vote, but I think he won. So I, I will say, I feel really bad for the voice actress that plays Zelda. She just isn't a good fit. Like, it, she's not, not that she's a bad voice actress. It's just that Zelda is supposed to be like a, I don't know she's how young she's supposed to be. Not any, not like any of the characters are aged, but she's not supposed to be like, like, I don't think she's like mid to late 20s, early 30s or anything like that. And she just kind of sounds like she is. That voice just doesn't, it doesn't fit. Well, Zelda also is unmistakably like in, in this in tears of the kingdom i assume it's the same voice from breath of the wild and tears of the kingdom where she's like i don't want to say british but vaguely you know western european well yes no i mean that, that is that and that's is, not yeah. like that's not the voice that i imagine for zelda it, it just isn't you're right and, and, don't, and don't get me wrong i think in terms of like other aspects of voice acting she, she does an okay job it's just that i wouldn't if i were the director i probably wouldn't have put her in that role Oh yeah, I'm not saying anything bad about her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Oh, it's like, but yeah, no, I'm going with uh, Baldur's Gate three uh, narrator because she is. I got it. I got the best. 
she okay. does such a such a good job. I love all the little like lines when you accidentally do something and get someone like like oh if if you only you were better at pickpocketing, pickpocketing <laughs> this ensuing fight wouldn't have had to happen. It's like, right. oh, you wanted to pick a fight, and now you're going to find out what the consequences are. <laughs> well, like that. It's oh, so sarcastic. The... It's got that British sarcasm to it. It's so fucking yeah, good, dude. She, she's definitely delivering the best performance. Whether or not she wins is up in the air. Like, I Adris... fucking hope she wins so yeah. much, dude. I I believe it'll be Idris Elba, but I so want it to be her. If, if it were up to me, I would have gone with Ralph just because I'm a big simp for Final Fantasy 16. But I'll tell Correct. you what, the winner is Neil Newbron, who plays Asterion in Baldur's Gate 3. You know oh, what? Okay. That makes sense. I, I understand why. Asterion is not nearly as good, though. He's not. <laughs> I, to be fair, though, I think the issue is that he, as a character, is early on easy to find funny and interesting in in like a comedic way but the issue is that as his story evolves if you're not really into the like i mean this is minor spoilers for the game i guess uh if you're not really into where he i mean fuck they kind of set it out in the, the early trailers so but if you're not really into the evil side if, uh, if you know what D and how vampires work you already knew he was evil um he kind of falls short and not to mention he is quite a little bitch anytime you like go against him the, his favorability as a character kind of goes down because of that. The voice Look, actor did a pretty good job. Like no, no, nothing against him. I just I wouldn't have voted for him over the narrator. For honestly. being a vampire, he's a massive sissy bitch. Well, to be fair, he's not a vampire. That's that's the oh. that's the point. Sorry, it, my bad. You, you'll he's not a vampire. You, it, it'll make sense once you play the game. I won't say more than that. But okay, but he he does the whole I drink blood thing, right? Like yes. He, so like. For being that kind of a character, I, he's a massive sissy bitch. He, he's basically <laughs> like a noble man that is in a situation that the high society would never have to deal with. That 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 is that is essentially the early bits of his character. But yeah, no, okay. he's awful, okay. and I hate him. Uh, oh, so he, I've never he, dealt with he him. Is, <laughs> he is very obnoxious. I've never dealt with this character. Voice actor nails him. that role, by the way. Nails it. The character okay. himself, like the writing side, is just obnoxious. So, anyways, uh, what, so what other fucking rewards? Amelia Tyler was robbed. Uh, anyway, the, the final category. Oh, she was. No, no, no. She is <laughs> the best. She's the best VA in that game. And step. Let me tell you about the remaining categories. We have Nintendo Game of the Year, PC Game of the Year, PlayStation, Xbox, and then what they're calling Ultimate because they they didn't want to just drop the the subtitle and call it game of the year, but okay. multiple game of the year categories. And there's also a most wanted game of which the entire nominee list is games that are not out. I'm going to leave that one for the end. Cause I think that might be a better segue point to whatever we talk about next. Let's talk All about right. these game of the year categories. So Nintendo game of the year, it's yeah. going to be Zelda uh, um, PC game of the year. It's going to be Baldur's gate. Um, the other two are up in the air. Well, let me, let's go over the nominees. Okay. <laughs> we'll start with Nintendo. Uh, the nominees are Pikmin 4, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, Fire Emblem Engage, Metroid Primed Remastered, Octopath Traveler 2, and Fay Farm. Really? Fay Farm? Really? They really just needed something to fill in. I'm sure yeah. they did. a decent game, but that's too niche to fit in a list Dylan, like this. Or, Dylan, let's be real here. There wasn't a whole lot going Pikmin on. Pikmin 4 no. might win, honestly. It's Zelda. 
It's Zelda. We're moving on. Okay, that's it. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's the one that everyone played. It's just that I think amongst like Nintendo only fans, I think Pikmin Four probably left a better impression. At least from Fair. what I understood watching online or watching from like the sidelines. So this next so, category okay. is PC Game of the Year. We have Baldur's Gate Three, Diablo Four. Seriously, Diablo Four. Uh, Dave the Diver, Tchia, uh, System Shock, and Shadow Gambit: The Cursed Crew. I don't I feel have like actually this, heard this... of that one. Oh, but okay. Yeah, yeah, but don't worry; it's not something that's going to win. Um... <laughs> I no. don't see how anything beats Baldur's Gate three in that listing. Because you'd be nope. correct; it was the winner, Baldur's Gate three. <laughs> not like it needed skewing, but it, yeah. that kind of feels skewed. It yeah. does. It does. N- n- the next one's PlayStation. So I don't know uh, what games are even out on PlayStation. Oh, you know, maybe Final Fantasy won this Armor one. Armor Core, Final Fantasy 16, oh, so no, the, Golden Ring. Armor maybe? Core is not solely a PlayStation game. Right. But it was nominated. So the nominees oh, okay. are Final Fantasy 16, Resident Evil 4, Street Fighter 6, Humanity, Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon, and Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Um, I want it to be Armored Core, but I fully expect it to be Final Fantasy. It's going to be Wait. Final Fantasy, probably. I-, I want it to be Final Fantasy as well. However, it is Resident Evil 4. Uh. Oh, shit. I forgot you about know what? Sorry, you. It just That's glossed a- over me. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> no, you were saying the games, and my brain just glossed over that, but you're fucking right. Yeah, no, Final Fantasy <laughs> like doesn't hold a candle to Resident Evil in terms of fan base. It's true. It, it, but it's an older game. It, it, no, it, well, this is a remaster. They finally remade it. Is, it is, no. it's, a re- it's a remake, but yeah. The remake is not the same game. That is something to keep in mind. For the first time of its I, many I, remasters. <laughs> I think in a lot of ways it is, but there is some very specific differences that were really neat. Um, though they did a lot of good things with it. Like, like sequence I watched breaking. A... There's, there's so many sequence breaks that you can do now because of the way that like the freedom of movement and shit is so I, cool. But... I watched... I watched a full playthrough of it. And also one thing that they did, which, you know, I'm a, I'm actually, I think it's, you know, pretty, pretty well known that I'm not a big fan of, uh, just in general, the massive amounts of, uh, politicizing that we get and how sterilized we get with our media. However, the way they made Ashley in this one versus the way they treated her in the first, the previous version of the game, wildly different and she is a much better character that's good it's a good change yeah no they they did uh, well because like her like when you meet uh there's a character named lewis and when you meet him in the first version of the game he says um looking at like camera panning down to ashley who is like 18 19 you know Te- she's technically legal bro he pans down to her chest and he says i see that the president has equipped his daughter with ballistics Two, uh, referring to her giant fucking knockers, right? Like, <laughs> well, I mean, they're not. They only really look big on her in the same way they look big on porn stars because they're so fucking tiny. Yeah, and well, she's like eighteen, them. so like this weird old man is like lusting after a yes, almost it, child. It, it was not. Yeah. It it did not feel good then when we were allowed to make those jokes, <laughs> and it didn't get any better. Let's no. move on to Xbox. and so it doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> is what I was saying. Gotcha, gotcha. So, for Xbox Game of the Year, the nominees are Starfield, Chance of Senar, Hi-Fi Rush, Planet of Lana, Dead Space, and Pentiment. 
I'm gonna say it's oh that's tough. Um I've only heard of three of these. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, like, I don't really know. Like, I'm just gonna say Dead Space. Even Dead Space I, or Hi Fi Rush. Um although you know what? I want Hi Fi Rush to win. But I'm gonna I, say Hi Fi Rush, but if I'm gonna say this right now, if Starfield wins, I know for a fact. And this is somebody who has I think said good things about Starfield on this podcast. I want to throw that out there. If Starfield wins, then this game is rigged from the start. Paid actors. Paid. Paid actors. The winner is Starfield, actually. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it is? Oh, okay. Yeah. I feel like uh, there was a lot of, like, PlayStation and Nintendo gamers that did the voting, and maybe they saw the nominees and were like, I've only heard of one of these. I don't know. So in Starfield's it's defense, bad because Hi-Fi Rush was a better Bethesda game. <laughs> yeah, in Starfield's defense, I I, I know I, it isn't as bad as a lot of people think it is. I don't think it's as good as a lot of people think. I think it's a fine game. Any game of the year not like nomination though, I feel like that's somebody trying to court favor. Yeah, or, I mean uh-huh. Bethesda still kind of holds a lot of favor in the industry. I'm sure. I mean, well, objectively, it's not a bad game. It could be a lot better of a game. Well, but it, yeah. calling it, it Skyrim in space and kind of hits on a note of, like, it is still, by and large, a game that you can probably play and enjoy, even without entirely needing to shut your brain off. Which, you know, not, you know, to kind of <laughs> backtrack a little bit, so, saying more than, you know, Horizon uh, and so on and so forth. But at the same yeah. time, I feel like it's it's one of those, like, done-to-death things, especially with how many times people have played Skyrim over the years now. It's just like probably not gonna get Bethesda very much moving forwards. Like if, if Elder Scrolls Six is the exact same thing, it's probably just not gonna do as well as they would hope it would. I suspect after the reception of Starfield, Elder Scrolls Six will go back more towards uh, form as far as storytelling. I think Starfield had this problem of its development cycle existing during the time where we were san doing a lot of sanitizing our media. Yeah, where, um, like. Starfield is very light. Like, despite the massive amounts of death and violence in the game, it's very light on anything that would be gore. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, like, it's like PG-13 as far as swear words go, which, well, it's PG for the most time, which makes the times it turns PG-13 very, like, stand out. Um... And, like, you see a lot of times where they tried to be interesting, and it's not interesting because these guys were given, like, 30 minutes worth of, you know, screen time, basically. Um, and I think that's a big problem with it. Um, you have a lot of in- interesting threads, just it was never, like, put together. So, I definitely think Hi-Fi Rush deserved it, but I understand why they would have given it to Starfield as the ultimate so in, in defense of the golden joysticks they also nominated starfield for ultimate game of the year but this category got 20 fucking games in it okay well game um, of the year is gonna be uh look dylan we already know who won game of the year yeah it was Baldur's gate uh, but let me tell you what the nominees <laughs> were uh just because it's an interesting discussion right? okay uh... so Baldur's gate obviously won uh they were the the nominees are uh well actually they're not in alphabetical order now that i look at it weird uh but Baldur's Gate is the first one mentioned. There was also Tears of the Kingdom, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Jedi Survivor, Alan Wake 2, Resident Evil 4, Cocoon, Starfield, Final Fantasy 16, Diablo 4, seriously, uh, Forza Motorsport, 
Armored Core 6 got nominated as well. Assassin's Creed Mirage, ew. Um, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, uh, eh. Star, uh, Street Fighter 6, Metroid Prime Remastered, Hi-Fi Rush, Lords of the Fallen, seriously, uh, <laughs> Dead Space, and Sea of Stars were all nominated for Game of the Year, losing to Baldur's Gate, um, which I find interesting that uh, Super Mario Bros. Wonder was nominated for Game of the Year, but not Nintendo Game of the Year. Yeah, that's a bit weird. That's a bit strange to me. It almost feels like they were stretching and, and felt like they needed to add something there to make Daddy Nintendo not like a little bit angry. Yeah, it just seems like a weird choice. Like, did they really need to give? Why not just put Tears of the Kingdom there and and, and leave it at that? I mean, yeah, but like going back to the Nintendo category, I mean, yeah, Pikmin Four, but also Fire Emblem Engage. Octopath Traveler 2 and Fay Farm. Did Fay Farm really need to be nominated in place of Mario Bros. Wonder? Why Probably isn't Fay Farm in the ultimate game of the year category, but Mario is? <laughs> Makes you wonder, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, I just assume there's a lot of politicking involved. Yeah. Um, so there was also a vote on most wanted game. This is uh, games that are not out yet that people want to see. Um, okay. I'll read these Star nominees Citizen. too, but um, Star Citizen is not on the list and it's never coming out. Um, <laughs> we have Death Stranding 2, uh, Star Wars Outlaws, Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth, Tekken 8, Vampire the Masquerade, Bloodlines 2, uh, Vaporware, that game's never coming out, uh, Stalker 2, Heart of Chernobyl, Vaporware, that's never coming out, um, Hades 2, Fable, Hollow Knight Silk Song, Everywhere, Frostpunk 2, Ark 2, I think that's Ark Survival Evolved, um, Metal Gear Solid Delta, Snake Eater, um persona 3 reload bulwark falconeer chronicles suicide squad kill the justice league pacific drive black myth wukong banishers ghosts of the new eden and warhammer age of sigmar realms of ruin probably silk song probably silk song okay which is the one the most wanted uh yeah well i think it's going to be one of the vaporware games not stalker um, um the uh the one that actually has a gameplay demo uh, <coughs> vampire. You know, you'd be surprised that the winner of this category is probably uh, is one of the ones that will most certainly come out. Uh, and it's Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, actually. Oh, oh, okay. sorry. That's fair. When you listed off the games, <laughs> that one just didn't even click in my head. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, I'm excited for Tekken Eight, but I've already pre-ordered it. I don't pre-order games very often, but it's a fighting game, and I know I'm going to play it. So I already ordered it when I had the money. So, uh. I wouldn't vote it for it here because I'm getting it anyway. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, I get it. Um, I, I'm cautiously optimistic for Metal Gear Solid Delta. Like, it's a non-Hideo Kojima game, which feels dirty, right? However, the gameplay looks interesting. Like, they they really, like, redid it and um, made it different. But that doesn't mean better. And I'm still on the fence if I'm actually going to buy it, right? Well, that's fine. I mean, I it'll be... Look, it can be a game. It doesn't have to be better than the previous version of it. Yeah. And it can it's still just... be a good game without being a different, like, mm -hmm. you know? So It's like, I don't know how I feel about it, but uh, Persona 3 Reload is also probably going to be pretty good because, like, Persona 3 is the Persona game that set the standard for the ones that came after, right? Yeah, and Persona, uh, I think Persona 3 Reload is going to be really good. Um, because Persona 1 and 2 were just like weird SMT spinoffs, whereas Persona 3 is like its own thing. Right. Like, distinctively. 
and putting it essentially in giving it the persona five which is the one that brought it into mainstream um yeah. treatment is a good idea because like persona three and persona four were fairly popular but i think they yeah. saw real popularity after five but also persona four was an mm. asset flip of persona three like all the same yeah. enemies and shit um same graphical engine which is fine by video game standards you know the same people made it um well, but it was an older it was also an older generation of game where you did because mm -hmm. you recently did armor core right yeah like your armor core playthroughs and um more than one game used the same assets from a previous game mm -hmm. i feel like i would because what persona 3 reload ultimately is is the people that made persona 5 like graphically artistically whatever they they set this the themes and standards right um they are basically doing that to persona 3 i think i would prefer persona 4 or persona 1 and 2 get that treatment 1 and 2 because i haven't played them i, I only know about them and 4 because i like it more than 3 but like well, it feels fair because 4 gets a lot of attention and it gets lots of spin-offs and it's like everyone's kind of favorite right I, whereas what they 3 may be doing yeah. is they may be doing 3 first and then they may yeah. be doing it later the other ones because like I think one and two are a harder sell because those are much darker games. You don't want to see like high fidelity 3D Hitler? <laughs> or, um, and well, like occasionally we get some sexiness in um, like four and five and three, but like one and two, because they were just like still images for a lot of things, got. Mm -hmm really implied and don't get me wrong three you act you know three you can actively uh um fade to black with very real uh, very like overt implications with some some of that like you, mm -hmm. you know your teenager really gets some <laughs> yeah they really dialed it back in four uh even though four. the the mc for four was like an absolute chad it's still dialed back from three <laughs> they dialed it back in four or four and five uh, mm -hmm. like because you get some like you know, they stay with you for a long time, kind of fade to black, but like. Also, like, Vic, for some context, you yeah. cannot get rank 10 with someone uh, that is a romance option without the fade to black. Like, there's no let's be yeah. friends option. And so completionists end up, you know, being um, promiscuous, whether they mm -hmm. wanted to or not. And some people didn't like that. That's why Persona 4 is a little more careful. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say three would. Um, yeah, I was gonna say three. It's like um, the fade to black with um, who am I? I'm trying to think of something. Vic, the nurse? Do you care? No, no. The nurse is uh, two, isn't she? Or, I was thinking two, of four. Sorry, she's four. She's four. But the yeah, the nurse gets less promiscuous the longer you stay with her. I know. Uh, but no, uh, Vic. How much have you played three? No. Um... Okay. Do you intend to play three? Or are you going to goldfish brain this? Anything I say about it? Uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be playing it. Uh, okay. Especially, I mean, funny enough, I, I own the original, but the, before I get to play it, they announced the remake. So I was like, well, I might. You should wait for way. the remake. It's probably gonna be better. Yeah. No, absolutely. Wait. for Especially the considering there's a good chance they'll change that fade the black bullshit. Well, mm -hmm. they're not gonna change. Hundred percent. I don't think they're gonna change a couple of them specifically uh because of the way it, go it was already an option um, it'll be like five and four where you can rank 10 someone and still be friends with them right yeah i there's gonna be more dialogue there's gonna be more characters it's gonna be totally re-envisioned 
Like, it's going to be the definitive experience for sure because the definitive experience for three is debatable because some people will tell you it's the PS2 version, uh, Persona 3 FES, which is like a remaster. It's like it's like Metal Gear Solid 2 Substance versus Sons of Liberty, right? Like <laughs> it's They re-released the game with some more shit in it, right? That yeah. Some people will say that's the definitive version. Uh, however, you cannot control your party members in that version or any of the other versions except for the PSP one. And the PSP one, there's the female protagonist route, which is a totally different way to play. Uh, and you can control your party members' moves like Persona 4 and 5. So it's like, well, I'd say the PSP <laughs> version is definitive, but it's a little jank on its own. Yeah, and actually the PSP <laughs> has another... Uh, actually, she gets a fade to black too that uh, she, you wouldn't uh, necessarily expect. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a good point. Uh, although they are pretty candid about what's going to happen uh, with like that's also something that i appreciated in that one like for the because i've watched those get played or but they're very candid about it they're not because mm-hmm. there's a well because for the, the main character coy, uh, the main character like, is not a chad but um he's surrounded by lusty women uh yeah. whereas in persona 4 main character boy is a chad <laughs> i was gonna say in the actual lusty woman in that one she uh may or may not like she has it's the uh, oh i forget risa like, yeah yeah it's like play lusty woman almost like, yeah <laughs> and by the end of it you come to realize that she was just pro- projecting yeah yeah mm-hmm. and, uh, like uh but yeah that's a uh, okay but yeah no i'm i'm thinking of uh two very specific people that play in parallel uh depending upon whether you're uh, male or female for the one mm-hmm. i'm thinking of dylan yeah uh, so for Persona 3 Reload, I'm expecting a lot of these characters to be straight up rewritten um, mm-hmm. uh, and probably say totally wildly different things. So it's going to be different enough from both the movies and the original game that um, I'm expecting to be surprised, even though I've played the original. Uh, whereas yeah. Victim going in blind, you'll be none the wiser and it'll probably be great. You know, uh-huh. what I would really like to see is them to bring back the tertiary characters in the... Um, velvet room that you don't actually see outside of one and two yeah because there are actually more characters in the velvet room uh besides the attendant and right Igor. the piano uh, player and, and uh, i think the, the singer pal- yeah the singer is called belladonna i think and mm-hmm. um the piano player i think is just called like musician i don't think he has a name yeah but the point is they were playing the music that plays in that area and mm-hmm. it's like turn to background music it's like what happened <laughs> they're always there apparently according to um some stuff i read uh they, where they're like you know they're they're always there you just don't see them and uh, the, the trouble three, four, is five. that the stuff you read might have been written by persona fans who like to make shit up so <laughs> that is true too it could be made up mm-hmm. but i think that's uh i mean it makes sense that they would still be there just you wouldn't be able to see them because mm-hmm. the reasons but and yeah. you know i know there's going to be some smt purists out there who will you know scoff at you know being excited for a persona game but remember we are all united by the uh, the shared mutual understanding that soul hackers fucking sucks so you know, <laughs> united we stand uh, <laughs> hey man listen smt <laughs> might be the original all right but sometimes you need a newer fresher take I can already feel your Twitter getting ready to explode. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this, but <laughs> it's not coming out right. Um, yeah, that's what she said. You think yeah, they need no. a second wind to like really like get? Well, 
Okay. Back on the- oh yeah. I'm Dylan. Dylan's <laughs> no. trying to segue us, Vic. <laughs> one sec. One sec. Okay. Okay. So basically, I guess uh, I'll just put the I'll second just, win back in the chamber. I'll just I'll just put it in like baser terms. I think that like Persona, at least for me, was a good entry point because I always wanted to play SMT. It's not like a, you're not like one was mutual over the other and one took my attention over the other. Um, I'm just really bad at getting the games. I'm freaking horrible at it. Um, but playing Persona, I think, actually gave me more of an in now. It's just like, I mean, Persona's an easy game. It honestly is. I, I, I think I played Persona 5 on hard and didn't even really notice it. Well, Persona's um, combat is functionally rock, paper, scissors level difficulty. And, yes. and even more than that, if you already know the loop, the loop doesn't change. You know, it's not Xenoblade. You know, you're not you're not getting new ways to come to play the combat later on. You, once you understand it, it's just the upgraded form of it further in, right? It's just like there's a little bit of gamification, I guess, with like the personas, but like for the most part, though, right? Like it, it's all pretty self-explanatory. Um, and I kind of wanted it to be a little bit more difficult. And then what, what's the answer to that? Oh, it's SMT. So I don't know. I, I think it works as an entry level. At least it did for me. I just haven't got to SMT yet. That's all. Because if you get to SMT now, like having beaten Persona Five, you'll like understand a lot of the foundational concepts of like weaknesses and importance of buffing. Because like yeah. even in Persona Four and Five, like you cannot beat the game without buffing yourself. Right. That's the thing. Like like so, Persona is just easy SMT, but Pokemon is easy Persona. Right. And you can get through Pokemon without ever self buffing. That's right? that's a good point. You, you yeah. shouldn't. You shouldn't you shouldn't avoid that. Um, well, no, because like, you're you're gonna run into like RNG fucking you at times. But yeah, yeah. but you know all those six year olds with their Game Boys, they're just gonna hyper beam their way through the Elite Four yes, and sir. feel good about it, and that's valid, right? Are they gonna win a tournament with against another human? No, right? Oh no, not at all. I don't need all- to win a tournament against another human. I beat the Elite Four and my rival Dylan. That's right. Because you know all what? your Pokemon le- were level one hundred oh. when you reached them. <laughs> no, all of my Pokemon weren't. The first time I made it there, I had a level 86 Wigglytuff. And that was the only Pokemon I had that was over level, like, 35. (laughs) Yeah, that was the same. But for me, it was Charizard. Yeah. I don't know why I picked... Look, I was, like, six. I have no idea why I picked Wigglytuff. I just did. I like the Fire Dragon. That wasn't actually a dragon. But, yeah, I was, like, six. I couldn't read some of the words that were on the screen. Pokemon was my motivation to learn to read. Nice. Not funny enough, yeah. But yeah, my there motiv- you go, Dylan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, anyways, uh, what were you saying before? Pull that back <laughs> out of fire that shot again for us. I I know that that segue totally misfired. But uh, <laughs> one more one more big topic on the on the show today before we conclude our sixth season of the Bellamancy Podcast. I want to talk about Second Win. So. Yeah. Did you? I mean, I I've been posting about it in our our Discord channel where we plan the show. But Victor, did you read anything that I said? Like, did you hear what happened? I. Oh wait, second win. Okay, uh, for a second, I was going to say I, I was going to be sarcastic and, and say that I did, but I didn't. But no, I do remember <laughs> that that was uh, the fucking escapist stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So yes. Let, yeah, let me okay, lay it yeah. out for the dear listeners binging our show in 2030, like it's some kind of time capsule, right? So I'm um, sorry for all of you. I know. <laughs> So, uh, decades ago, right, we had the Escapist magazine, which wasn't really a magazine, that's just what their company was called, right? And it was like an early YouTube um, MCM, I would describe it, right? Yeah, it was a video aggregator, functionally, because they had several different shows 
that were on there. Um, but only one and, show mattered. Right. Wasn't only it, one wasn't show it survived. Closer, wasn't it closer to something like what Discovery was doing? Where Discovery, they basically had like a bunch of channels that they had picked up. It wasn't so much well, that they were no, like... I, honestly, it's closest uh, competitor, I think, would probably have been Newgrounds. Because so, it still predated like YouTube's popularity. I think YouTube okay. existed. But there's actually um, a bit of history here okay. uh, with the escapist that most people have memory hold that I will like to uh, dig out of the grave for, for yeah. a moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, dig it out. So um, obviously I'm referring to the one show mattering being zero punctuation by Yahtzee Korsha. He was their golden goose, right? However, um, be, uh, back in the day, they also had uh, the movie Bob, who I do not like and I think his opinions are shit, uh, but his show was popular. He was a movie review guy with bad opinions. I think that's why, for the record, I think that's why it was popular is because he had shit opinions and it was funny to laugh at him. But yeah, movie Bob Stephanie now. No, no, you are confusing the two people I'm about to name. So movie Bob is movie Blob. Sterling is the other. So Jim Sterling, uh, who still goes by Jim Sterling in all social media. Jim Sterling is the host of the Jimquisition and for a long time was named Jim Sterling. Now it's Stephanie Sterling or whatever. I don't watch the show anymore. I don't know. Right. This was. Honestly, this whole controversy bullshit coming up, even though it's not controversy at all, everybody er, exodusing was the only reason I knew anything about Stephanie. (laughs) Right. So basically, The Escapist had a forum. It was a thriving um, multi-channel network in early gamer YouTube um, that was doing relatively okay. It had its ups and downs. And then 2014 happened, right? Uh, So... Turns out the Escapist forums was one of the only places um, that wasn't like fucking Reddit or 4chan, right? The armpits of the internet, you know, the left and the right. Uh, <laughs> um, it was like the only place on the internet you could actually discuss like the Gamergate controversy uh, without having to immediately toe the line to what the corpos wanted you to say, right? Like you could actually talk about ethics and you can actually talk about like the five guys thing, right? So like that wouldn't get you banned. And the editor and the forum, like, admin, owner of the site, like, stood their ground. And that burned a lot of bridges, right? And that led to Jim Sterling and Movie Blob uh, leaving, right? Um, I don't know if they left as an outcome of that or if it was shortly after, right? Well, Because I don't quite remember. Like, However, they do movie, not associate. So <laughs> Bob is part of, also had his own controversies because... He was like, he's also like a shit human being on top of having bad opinions. Yeah, from what I remember, he was basically one of those people that's like, <laughs> yeah, guys, do the right thing. Am I right? And then behind the scenes, he was doing everything not the right way. It I don't, I'm, don't his remember the, um, his so, controversy. I just remember that he was controversy. He also like advocates for like sending death threats to people that you don't agree with. He's, right? a, hypocrite. Um, he's a massive hypocrite. Yeah, Uh, his exact quote on Twitter was uh, there's no such thing as bad tactics, only bad targets. Yeah, Uh, meaning that um, all actions are justified so long as you are targeting the the right things. Right. Um, Which is not how that fucking works. Um, And holy shit, he has not changed. Right. So some something happened that made him leave the escapist and he became an independent guy on YouTube and he's trying to make it work. He probably he strikes me as the kind of YouTuber that has a day job. Right, because uh, he doesn't upload that often, and it's not that popular. I mean, he he does better numbers than Kutaku these days. They've, have you seen their YouTube profile? They, oh they can, yeah. I I think you you posted it, Rick, on the on the 
the Discord channel, but they they barely break two thousand views a month. Um, yeah, Kotaku's yeah, Yahtzee was doing better with his one show than Kotaku does all month, basically. Yeah, uh, which is really sad, right? And so well, Yahtzee I, was doing better. <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> remember escapist. at what point in the timeline that Jim Sterling left the Escapist, but I'm pretty sure siding with the gamers in 2014 is what led to those two people leaving because they were very against that, right? Um, and right, the, of course, the people in charge of the Escapist at the time who sided with the gamers eventually did leave the company and eventually discussions of those topics were banned on their forum, right? It wasn't right. a safe haven for long, right? Only for as long as it could be. Only for as long as it could be uh, because the... And we found out later through the leaking of like the secret email lists, right? That there was a lot of collusion going on. Like they were in behind closed doors. All these bloggers were very open about having to have the same message such that they can like lambast everyone who's against them as like some kind of womanizing hater. Right. right. That's why you could that only discuss these things on websites that are considered taboo. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And for those in the 2030 who don't understand exactly what we're talking about, I'm not going to go through the history of Gamergate, but 2014 is when um, the media all oh, that shit went down. <laughs> yeah, when our when this center left kind of media uh, group, like everybody, every media that's around like entertainment or anything like that, media being news and journalists in this instance. I know English is weird. Um, so they all devised this tactic, which is if you don't like the thing that we tell you to like, you're racist, homophobic. Um, you hate women, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. In 2014 was just when the straw broke the camel's back and everyone kind of woke up to like, hey, they do this often. This is fucked up. But it didn't. But up until like this year, maybe the last year, it was still a valid tactic to use uh, mm -hmm. to shut people up. Uh, I feel like as early as 2019, it stopped being like a big thing. Like people I were mean, still doing it and getting away with it. But I think for the large part, it wasn't really that so not, not only that vic but there are people there are bloggers in the game space just this year that still yeah. drag gamergate out of the closet um even though it was a long fucking time ago I, to it, make some point and that's why you do. cannot yeah the rents do that's why you can't just go look up what happened in 2014 you need to go fucking ask someone who was there like us right because actually like, you know what the best place to find if you do have to look this up the best place to find it is know your meme surprisingly yes actually yeah. that's a really good source know um, your meme is one of the most fair like we're gonna talk about exactly what happened point by point for any sort of history about anything I, it's insane that mm -hmm. that place is where i go <laughs> it, it's good for all and it's, it's good for a lot of things too is weird it, it's i mean obviously not everything but well for some because, things man it's like it's got a pretty concise summary well, and everything it's uh -huh. like you got to be careful though because like in the future if you're like binging our show in the future right like someone could have bought the company that owns own oh, know your meme and they could have changed that article right so yes. maybe maybe check the internet archive or your equivalent service of the year that you live in um because you got to remember the bad guys on the other side of the gamers right like, it was gamers versus the media and so all these bloggers like they use their position as like games journalists, bloggers and whatever to kind of like rewrite history. And mm -hmm. many, a lot of what they've done ha was after the event took place, like in after 2015, right? So yeah. if you are first hearing about it and you want to go look it up, like you're going to be fed a shitload of misinformation. 
uh, that makes it sound like all the people who, uh, you know, posted about this thing just hate women or some shit, right? When that's not what fucking happened, no. right? And that, that, was the, that was the popular narrative. That was it's, the silence. Well, that was their fault. It, yeah. It, it sucked that there were people who leaned in on it as if it was like, oh, ha ha, he he, uh, this, is, this will be funny to joke about. But then they just ended up looking like idiots. Mm. But I mean, we, we've let, talked me, about that me, before. Uh, but. Let me give you a modern example, right? Uh, just to get the point across to the listeners that are closer to real time, right? Uh, I'm going to bring up Palestine and Israel again. I promise to be brief. This is a gaming show, right? <laughs> but think about Palestine and Israel for a minute, right? So for a long, long time, right? So, well, let me put it this way. In recent times, after this conflict erupted in October, right? The word Zionist, to be specific, refers to people who think that, you know, Israel should be a state. It's it, That is the movement that led to the events that took place where they got their own state that is recognized by other countries, right? That's Zionism. It's not a religion. Uh, th their religion is Judaism. It's not the same fucking thing, right? Uh, you can be Jewish and not be a Zionist. I, I don't know how, but you can. Uh, that's the point. But um, now, in recent days, Zionism has become a dirty word, kind of, right? And a lot of people are being called Zionists if they don't support the Palestinians or they try to deny the ethnic cleansing that is taking place in Israel or they try to downplay it in some way, right? Mm, that's uh, that a good one. They will use yeah. Zionists as an insult, which is funny because in the dark corners of the internet, conspiracy theorists have been referring to places like the U.S. government and European governments as Zionist occupied governance or Zog for short. That is a dog whistle. Go look it up. Right. Yeah. Um, and so you'll get a lot of the, the, the conspiracy types that are just like, oh, yeah, fucking Zog at it again. But like normal people or well, I guess normies, right, like are now saying these things they're not saying zog they're not going there but they're saying hey zionist bad hey why are all of our elected officials in america zionists why how do they get away with this and they're they're basically arriving at the same kind of conclusions that the 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 anti-semite uh, uh people were were trying to get people to go to but it's the fucking normal now and it's like it's like they flipped a switch right? well hey in fairness they're not like Zionist is also losing some of its meaning, kind of like calling yeah. people Nazi. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I was about to say uh, that's what I think is more likely mm -hmm. happening. That's what norm normies are typically calling people Zionists because, they, well, see, there's this problem with the whole Palestine-Israel thing, which is there's Palestine, and a lot of the Israelis don't like that there's Palestine. A lot of the Israel, specifically the Israelis that are in charge, don't like that there's a Palestine. If mm -hmm. uh, and like. You know, talking about, uh, you know, Jim again, I guess, real quick. There is the whole, you know, no bad, what is it? No bad tactics, only bad targets. That was movie yeah. Bob, but yes. Bob, my bad. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Sterling. They blend together, these bloggers. Speaking of bad targets, uh, but, Rick. <laughs> but that's my point. Like, uh, the, le the most left person is in the Israeli government has recently, although they say a lot of things recently, let me tell you. Uh, but oh, they yeah. recently said um, that there are no innocent Palestinians. It's a fucked up thing to say. I mean, in fairness, that's what Hamas says about Israel, too. That's mm -hmm. what a lot of people who say about white people. You know, a lot of the media people that are trying to be right, you know, mm -hmm. colonizer. Like, I haven't colonized fucking anything. I'm not even fully white. Like, yeah, How dare maybe you? <laughs> maybe your ancestors were colonizers, but you're not a colonizer. And the people calling so, you colonizers aren't even like native to the land. They're calling you that. 
Half of them are probably white as well. More than well, half. Ninety uh, percent. Well, if a black person calls me a colonizer, they're not from here either. Yep. Good point. Uh, but but let me let me bring the example back to Gamergate, right? So. Oh yeah. Yeah. For, for Israel-Palestine, right, one thing that I'm seeing a lot online is there's this phrase, which I will say, it is, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, which refers to the river like that's like on the east end of Israel down to the sea, and um, people have different interpretations of this statement, right? And that's where I want to go because, Victim, you are right that... Um, you know, there there were some people who were on the side of the gamers who probably didn't like women, right? Now, yeah. we all know because every time they got a real one, right, they plucked it and they're like, look at our straw man, look at our example. And, you know, most of the time, the, the, the opposite side would have to invent this character or maybe like get on a fake sock puppet account themselves to make sure or, they can get they the good example. Or they were nobody that they propped up that just... It was like they were like looking look through like replies. And they're like, ah, oh, look. And but if you looked at the post the moment they said, oh, look, it had like two likes. But but the point is, is you know, yeah. it would be foolish to believe that not a single person who sided with the gamers during Gamergate wasn't all these awful things that they said. Of course, they were present, right? Yeah, um, exactly. I mean, but that doesn't no devalue the movement. Bad apples. And so back to Israel, Palestine, uh, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Some people take that to interpret that. Um, there is no two-state solution. Israel's got to go. Where will the Jews go? Into the dirt. However, not everyone interprets it that way. And there are a lot of people on the Palestine side who believe in a two-state solution, who do believe in peace, who they take the meaning of from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, meaning the people, the Palestinians, stop getting fucking ethnic cleansed by the Israelis. And there's legitimate peace. There isn't a two-class system, right? Um, you could also take it to mean that. Right. Because the people who are Palestinian would be free. Right. Yeah, so yeah. it's like it doesn't imply that you want to kill all the Jews when you say that. But for some people, it does. And so like just like you shouldn't like because that's what the Israelis want you to think. Right. The the propagandists on that side want you to think everyone chanting this 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 slogan is like, you know, being manipulated by Nazis. Right. Uh, into being yeah. anti-Semitic when they probably don't actually mean that. And they probably legitimately want peace and that's a convenient rallying cry for all the reasons i just described right so like you can't just cancel one side for all the bad apples you can pick even if there's more than one right um you're just choosing not to understand your opponent yeah and yeah, yeah. i'm of the you know my personal opinion when it comes to like what people say is i think people should be allowed to say whatever awful thing they, they want to say because like like you're pointing out here in you can debunk statement it yeah, yeah, and a statement that isn't like inherently evil, because it's not an inherently evil statement. Like you, you could say it in an evil way, but a statement that is like taken out of context, like entirely out of context. It's just a phrase. Uh -huh. It, it mean like the words themselves don't have any meaning. It's what you ascribe to it, be it a slogan for anti-Semites or people who just want to stop being ethnically cleansed. And um, that's, and I'm of the opinion that you know, much like shit poster, when you say actually terrible things, people just kind of ignore you until you go away. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's and a working strategy. What, it that's what happens in the real world. Like if I go to, if I go back to my alma mater, and I start screaming racial obscenities, they have the right to kick me off of their private property, but like nobody has the right to arrest me uh -huh. over it. 
I mean, they could definitely do bad things to me. I will almost certainly be taken into an alleyway and beat the have the shit beat out of me. Yeah, I was about to say. I mean, they might do things, but under a legal sense, no. No, vote with their I, fists. Vote yeah. with their fists, absolutely. <laughs> and that's a, um, but that's the kind of thing that I support. I support, you know, the freedom to do what you, you know, to say what you want. You're also free. To receive the consequences of saying yeah, what you say, want. It's like uh, and freedom from something, but not freedom from consequences. I forget how that goes offhand now. But, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, the that we're in, you know, talking in kind of a political sense, also Gamergate and all this. They were seeing a lot of cries for more freedom of speech from the left, center left. So when I say center left, I almost exclusively mean. Um, the a very specific type of liberal in the U.S., which uh, are the ones that are trying that try to silence opposition because it's easier than trying to defend their positions. Mm-hmm. Um, right, and that is. But now the the shoe is kind of on the other foot after this whole Israel Palestine thing, and I'm seeing like Republican or conservative groups silence. You know, silencing leftists, and it's really weird. Mm-hmm. I I find it really funny at how like weirdly divi- divisive it has been because it isn't really divisive across like a like any political line. No, it isn't. And and, and, and I think like you know you know what's happening shitty. Like just looking at that like isolated bit of it is has been pretty funny to watch. It's like the the people that normally just like look at whatever their their preferred party does, and it's like I'm just gonna do support that. Uh, like they they can't just do that right now because it's like shit. This contradicts the last thing we supported. Fuck right. Which honestly breaks the brain. Silver lining in in (laughs) in a way because I, I think people. You know what. You can like one way or the other and have a, have a thought process, even if your thought process is maybe like fucking insane, right? Uh, freedom of thought, freedom of speech, so on and so forth. But I think there comes a point in time where we some like, especially in the last couple of years, we haven't really had that chance to air out, especially policies and, and the like. I think we're kind of going to get into a point where I hope that starts to happen more. We may or may not. In the Probably US, not, but, but I hope your country no. Canada's just going to continue to do what Canada does. You know, uh, clap for Nazis and all that, right? Uh, <laughs> blackface clapping for Nazis, man. Like, you've hey, got the best. Listen, polls don't mean anything, but he's losing in the polls right now. So, I mean, well, well talking here's about, like Talking about, like, polls, uh, you know what? Uh, we have some of the best polling a third-party candidate has ever done. Well, not even an independent. Sorry, RFK. Isn't a, a third party. He's an independent, but he's polling really well here in the U.S. So we'll see when it comes close to election time how it, he's actually polling. He's ten years younger than the two senile old men in the running. So yeah, the yeah the I don't know. Politics have gotten real fucking crazy, and um, you know that center left thing that I was talking about, where you just try to like defraud your opponent instead of actually like yeah. Um, arguing with them having a debate um that was what ultimately i think is the reason that uh they failed to beat donald trump in the last time he re- oh, no, when no, he was um, there there are some people that argue that the events that took place in gamergate um led to donald trump's election because you had an entire generation of gamers who were politically indifferent or left-leaning because of all the republicans trying to ban your games shit from the 90s right 
a lot of them like defaulted to Democrat or didn't care. And right. now they are being, uh, oh, well, and what happened then was they were not being debated on their ideas. They were being um, defamed because, and, and their ideas were not being challenged because they were right. And they saw it for what it was and it radicalized them to be the opposite of the people that did that to them. Well, right? I was going to say, uh, funny enough that, that you mentioned that, well, I forget his name. Was it like something Thompson or whatever? The guy that, uh, yeah, Jack Thompson the, was the guy. Jack yeah, Thompson, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fucking what were the what were the people that were anti gamer gay rallying behind? It, literally fucking him. Yeah, yeah, he was actually on their side that time, and it's Quote, like wow, he, what the fuck? And he made like a small up and coming on Twitter at the time, and everything. It's just like it was a weird time. That's uh, I mean, you know what? I I I think that's probably a bit more conspiracy, but at the same time, there is a little bit of evidence to kind of point to it. I won't I won't deny that. There yeah. was a lot going on, and um, I can't find the clip anymore because I'm pretty sure it was removed off of YouTube by the creator or. You know, he, he was probably told to take it down, but there was a uh, guy that the morning after Trump was elected, he's like, he was talking, you know, he was, uh, he was like getting dressed for his morning show appearance, basically. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and he was taking like a video during this and he, he was like, look, Democrats, we're the ones who did this. Like, because we kept, you know, propping this guy up because we thought it was going to be an easy victory and come to find out you can't just make fun of your opponent until he goes away. Yeah. in the real world mm -hmm. like you can't shame them away if they truly believe the things that they believe you know like if they like because it's easy to shame me like people out of your entertainment spaces because like because yeah, there's a level of, there's a level of influence that you have by well, yeah yeah either you the media you know the journalist you have a, you are punching down ev literally every time you talk about a nobody journalist if one of you happens to be fucking listening for whatever reason you are the guy punching down on yeah. every time if you have a following and they don't you are the corp corpo monster not them and so that's like yeah in, in, you can shame them away. You have the authority to do that. You you command the masses, as it were. But mm -hmm. when you start having to deal with an opponent on equal footing, if you can't debate them, you can't make fun of them until you go away. And that was the that was how Obama beat Mitt Romney. He made mm -hmm. fun of Romney in the debates. He never actually said what his policies were. Hardly like, except for a handful of times. I think that's why a lot of his policies came as a surprise to people. Right. Obama, Some people, it was the last surprise they ever got. Yeah, yeah. I'll say, President Drone Strike, he is my favorite war criminal. He yeah, will be no. the. He is my favorite war criminal. I will have a beer with him any day. Donald Trump, I have no nice things to say about him. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, if nothing else, you know, he, he, Obama was a funny guy, and he was charismatic. He oh, had yeah, that absolutely. going. Oh, dude, Trump, the, unfortunately, didn't quite have no, that going well, for him. So I, I've got to take some like response. I, I've got to take criminal. some... <laughs> I've got to take some responsibility for this rabbit hole we've gone down. Sorry, but yeah, I, I promise I was getting to something, right? So my point being is, dear listener, you can't just look up what happened during Gamergate because there will be misinformation for all the shit we just talked about, right? Um, and really, like, you could say that you want ethics and game journalism and not want the destruction of Israel, right? They're not fucking related. Uh <laughs> Yeah, but well, the we bloggers were, we, might try to connect the two. For the record, we were comparing <laughs> the tactics, not the actual events. 
Just right. that wasn't clear. But that is something that, you know, um, you might see, because, like, that was something that I never really experienced until 2014, which is the straw man argument, right? Like, that yeah. is, like, one of the ten, like, things that you need to, like, top ten things you need to watch out in debating, but that was, like, not a massively used debate tactic before then. And then it's, it happens to you, and you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So, second wind, right? Uh, well, specifically, Escapist Magazine. So, those two people, Movie Blob and Jim Quisition, they left with their, took their intellectual property with them. Um, some either at that time or after, mostly because I'm pretty sure they were, they were upset that the escapist sided with the gamers. Now the person in charge of the escapist at the time. And I think the person under him, I don't remember what those titles are called editor in chief and the other guy, like they yeah, eventually did leave. Uh, right. Yeah. It, it would probably be editor in chief and like uh, executive um, editor or mm -hmm. something like that. I forget what they are, but yeah. Also, the Golden Goose, Yahtzee, is pumping out zero punctuation videos all during the controversy and beyond without stopping, right? Yeah. And um, basically, and the escapist becomes a shell of its former self. They betray the gamers and kick them out, right? Um, can't discuss Gamergate anymore. But also, they lost the talent they were scrambling to keep uh, be over this decision anyway, right? So they kind of were left with nothing but Yahtzee because he just never left, right? And what happened after that is... Uh, there was a, a, a some years of stagnation. No, 2014 was a long time ago, right? Almost yeah. 10 years ago. You know, um, there were some years of stagnation where basically the only thing that happened on that website was every week you would get right. a zero punctuation episode. Exactly. So what basically took place afterwards is they had um, hired some new talent, a new video team, a new editor-in-chief, right? Uh, who are the characters of today's story, right? Yeah. And so... I'm in their Discord and I'm scrolling up. <laughs> yeah, because so unlike most times when this stuff happens, um, it's usually very underpaid people. So like the cracked when this happened to the people in cracked when they all got laid off, um, although not everybody got laid off here, but that beside the point when they all got laid off, they were scared into signing the NDAs. Um, mm -hmm. But and then nothing ever came of them because they signed NDAs. But let me so tell you what happened different. Talk. Yeah. Right. So Jack, Nick, on the other hand, has big, massive balls. Right. So Nick Calendra Nick, uh, is sorry. the editor, the former editor in chief of the Escapist magazine. Uh, he was fired um, and he did not sign the NDA, did not take a severance package, which was required for the NDA, meaning. Uh, so not only does the NDA make it so you can't talk about what happened, right? A lot of times uh, severance packages and NDAs will require you to sign uh, some additional documents that say like you can't sue and sometimes you can't compete, right? Like a non-compete right. clause. Uh, he didn't sign none of that. And then what happened after he was fired is, um, so Yahtzee Korshaw, you know, the golden goose for the escapist resigned, did not sign an NDA, did not take a severance. Uh, and then every single writer, video editor, and everyone involved in zero punctuations, video production, all resigned every last one not yeah, a single they, person was left behind actually yeah their whole video team uh what was it whole video team two um two editor like uh behind the scenes editors like video editors and um every this was somewhere between writer? 12 and 20 people yeah like, it, basically if they had a name on the escapist if they'd ever talked on the video or written anything for the video edited anything for the video 
they were gone, um, including their proprietary D&D campaign, because they've got a several years long D&D campaign that they've been doing. Um, mm-hmm. Like anything that anything that's escapist related that you can see on YouTube for the last like three years, if those people are still working there. They're here now. They're at Second Wind now. Right. So Second Wind is uh, a new uh, company. Uh, this was all explained in a live stream that I watched most of. So I might get some details slightly wrong. Uh, but basically, within 48 hours of Nick getting fired and everyone resigning, uh, he got a new company going called Second Wind. They got a Discord server going. They, they created a Patreon. They created all the necessary branding that you'd expect from a new gaming blog, right? Um and uh, they put it all together like within 48 hours. They did not plan ahead of time. Uh, Which, they just that part was surprising to me. I think yeah. that they had a parachute ready to go because it was too fast. It almost feels too fast, but really their logo is kind of simple and the artist is talented. So it's probably believable, right? Um, well, I mean, like, they don't have jobs anymore. They didn't have yeah. jobs. <laughs> yeah, fair. They were not busy. Uh, but makes you, if, makes if you Nick pretty did, creative. If Nick didn't get fired, I don't think they would have left. I think they would have stayed. Oh, because no, they wouldn't have. Because what Nick described on the live stream is that, as I was alluding to, uh, they hired Nick and all these people at The Escapist, and Escapist was growing year over year. Their viewership, uh, they were launching new shows that were successful that weren't fucking movie blob and Jipposition. They did not beg for them to come back. They just made new shit, right? It wasn't as good as Zero Punctuation, I'll be I'll be honest. But like they were There's making more shit. Like- yeah, there's only like one other show that had remotely the reach that uh, Zero Punctuation had. And that's still only less than a, it's less than a year old. Um, that would be Cold Take. Mm-hmm. But it's introspective because despite all of Yahtzee's like swearing and everything else that he does, he's actually pretty introspective about mm-hmm. why he dislikes games. Yeah. So Yahtzee doesn't own the rights to Zero Punctuation or Extra Punctuation, so he can't use those names. But like oh, a lot of the people... <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of the people that did bail, um, they did own the intellectual property because when Nick was the editor of chief, he insisted that the people they brought on own their own properties, right? So Cold Take is going to be on Second Wind, and Jesus, so is so a couple of other shows. Nick is a fucking hero, and so anybody who right, no wonder they followed him, cover, right? Yeah, and we didn't actually cover one important detail, and I don't, and we were going to, I'm sure, but they fired nick yeah they, they absolutely fired him um right but why they why did they do it the, so um the escapist magazine was purchased by a much larger company not too long ago long enough ago um that people don't really remember it and it's called uh, gamers with a u instead of an e like gamers yeah and um they basically set impossible goals for him Mm-hmm. Um, and likely, they fired him over performance. Yeah, likely so they could fire him. Um, so this, you see this a lot with de- uh, media and developer. Basically, anything that touches digital media, you see this a lot, where companies will set either impossible things or clauses that they can invoke that they they'll never need to invoke this with you, kind of thing. But it'll basically they don't like paying uh, large sums of money to people um so you'll see it for like um uh oh we could fire you and take away your uh this is actually another company um bungie did this one 
uh, very mm-hmm. recently when they had their massive layoffs is uh, they had in their writing of their contracts that you, if they're fired, they lose their uh, stock, their stocks, their shares. Mm-hmm. So that is almost assuredly the reason Bungie laid off everybody that they laid off within the past couple weeks, which is so they don't have to pay money Bungie may very well not have. Right. And uh, similarly, um, there were a lot of layoffs at Go Media, who are the current um, caretakers um, uh, in the, the blogger nursery home for Kotaku and Jezebel. Jezebel is actually straight up shutting down, whereas Kotaku, like, they're barely holding on anyway. Right. We'll see what happens to Kotaku. Kotaku, I almost feel like won't shut down solely because of their the massive amount of name recognition good Mm -hmm. content or otherwise we like they have a massive amount of name recognition and they'll keep it on life support forever yeah i think that they will um because people will go to kotaku articles mm -hmm. forever yeah and the reason i bring up kotaku is uh, a lot of the absolute worst of the worst games bloggers the most vile of vile right who have long since been fired because you know they're bringing kotaku and their other blogs down um they also are making their own site that is going to be employee owned and all that stuff and it's called aftermath.site and it pleases me immensely that all of this drama with second wind happened on the same fucking day that they launched aftermath site and all of the press ignored them like uh i don't think anybody heard i didn't hear about it and like <laughs> yeah i've been like i've had my ear to the ground for the like this past week because of second well the escape is second win bungie also is like i definitely wanted to talk shit about bungie on this episode because they have a history of firing their talent after, as soon as they've used them up yeah. So get, get a load of this. The the founders yeah. for Aftermath. I had to pull up their website. It's Luke Plunkett. You know the, the guy <laughs> that hates Japanese. Oh yeah. Uh, no, that man. Uh, like you can't see it, but I'm already flipping him off to everybody. <laughs> right. N- Nathan Grayson, who's another piece of shit. Um, and then we have Riley McLeod. I don't know who that is. Gita Jackson. I have never heard of her. I've heard of Gita. Um, yeah. Nothing good. Uh, yeah. I looked at her Twitter profile once to figure out who she was, uh, and yeah. I saw that I think she contributed to Jezebel or was a fan of it, right? And that's how I found out that um, these companies that they used to work at that laid them off were unionized. Um, yes. So this was absolutely a case of the union is protecting us from letting go of our worst contributors. So we're just going to suffer collectively until we have to lay everyone off. Because they couldn't just cut their losses because the union would stop it. So that is absolutely what happened there with them. There's a couple other contributors on here. Chris Person, Alex Jaffe. Don't know who those two are. But like the worst of the worst, right? Some really awful bloggers that have been a cancer to gaming that really should just quit. And now I I didn't look deep enough to figure out if they contributed to what I'm about to say. But um. There's this trend that I've noticed with corporate journalists, uh, which I would describe these games bloggers as corporate journalists, right? Where um, much like, uh, you know, in 2014, right? Um, They'll often be called upon their masters to go unitedly bring something down, right? A concept, a thing, a person. And I don't know if you guys remember. Not Hogwarts. I'm not about to talk about Hogwarts Legacy, but I I will tell you about um, independent journalism. 
Corporate journalists, uh, a couple years back and over time, have done a bit of a blitz against um, independent media. Um, so websites such as Locals and Substack, right? They'll say, you know, things like, you know, these websites only exist for crackpots and conspiracy theorists and right-wingers to spew bullshit because no real newspaper would hire them. Um, people like Glenn Greenwald, who broke the Snowden story back in the day and has been uh, really critical of Brazilian politics because he lives there. Um, and then, you know, people like, um, I think Matt Taibbi was there for a while on Substack. Um, I know Brian Lundig's on Substack. Or no, he's on Locals. But like those two companies specifically, right? They empower independent journalists to be paid for their work in a place to publish it that's easy to use and easy to spend money on, right? Um, and it's always funny to me when corporate journalists bash that kind of thing and then they get laid off by their company. I don't know if these five have actually done that, but I wouldn't be surprised. I yeah, I can't think of anything that I've seen them write about that. Luke Plunkett probably has mm -hmm. because he's such a bootlicker. Exactly. Um, and now here they are on their own independent website. Uh, now, they aren't using Substack and they're not using um, locals. They're using lead, L-E-D-E. Um, which is more like uh, more like WordPress, like you pay and then it, your site is built for it, right? That's fine. Um, but it's like they could have just done Substack or they could have just done um, Locals. They're the same thing, same tools, same. I mean, maybe the league gives them set. more of what they want, like uh, with the well, monetization spread or something. I don't know. It's never that. It's never the case. It's political. I'm sure, like they won't go to Locals or Substack because they were either involved or tangentially related to the media push that said, no, only the crazy right-wingers are there. Don't yeah, use those no, sites. No, YouTube, yeah, I was going to say YouTube writer, or YouTube's games journalists are inferior to uh, written ones. Uh, I mean, it's the same. Mm -hmm. So for people who aren't that old, it's the same thing that happened with print media when uh, digital media took off. Where, mm -hmm. like, newspapers and magazine writers like uh were basically would be like oh this is never going to be as good as newspaper or whatever and the answer is yes it is and yeah, nobody buys a newspaper anymore things change is what it comes down to adapt or die uh -huh. and so it's just it, it pleases me that they're here even though they're the exact kind of shit stains that would you know talk shit about a website just like they've made oh absolutely um, and that brings me much joy. So, you know, fuck Aftermath.site. Don't go there. Don't read their articles. Um, I don't plan on it, yeah. Not unless meanwhile, I need to make fun of it for something. Or reference <laughs> right. it so I can make fun of it. It's just going to be a new version of The Gamer to us. Uh, but at oh, least The Gamer is fun to make fun of because they, they're, they're straight up AI generated at this point. I, but, I um, refuse to believe otherwise. I know. Whereas these people, uh, they're definitely human and they're going to spew the most awful bullshit we'll ever hear. Uh, whereas uh, Second Wind, I have much high hope for. I'm not that loyal to the Escapist Mag, right? Like Yahtzee's cool. He's got a good show. I didn't know most of the players here in the story until all of this went down. But like, I can't help but root for them. And I have no idea what they believe in, right? But they're not Aftermath site. So, you know what? Good luck to Second Wind. Um, <laughs> I mean, and you know, they're... They may have some different political opinions from me, but they're absolutely going to be like the people that I trust to give me an opinion. Like, I don't always like hearing Yahtzee's opinions because he makes fun of the games that I like. But you know what? He's never like really Unfair. that wrong. Yeah, he's yeah. never. And yeah, so like it's 
I think it'll be good for overall. I think it'll be good. I'm looking for... forward to seeing where they go with it. Um I know yeah. at, during the time of the live the first live stream they did, they did mention that um between Patreon and the tips, they're um they've got a lot of money and then they followed that up on Twitter and Discord uh saying that they're almost entirely funded for the year, uh which is crazy because they weren't planning on being audience funded like that. Um they were planning on taking some advertising deals. Uh, but, you know, scrutinizing who they take ads for, um, which, of course, they're going to say that, right? Whatever. Um, but their plan was to have, like, a mix of advertisement revenue from, like, sponsor deals um, for, yeah. hopefully, things that they don't review as well, like uh, hardware, fucking ram sticks, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, they, uh, the latest update is that they are almost entirely self-funded or for the year by just the audience donations, meaning... They can sort out uh, sponsor sponsors later and they can they afford can, the full time salary no. of their 20 or so people. Yeah. For One the year. of the nice things that they can do is say no to sponsors they don't like. Um, yeah, because they don't have some company maybe. over their heads like making those decisions for them. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, they can absolutely make some decisions themselves, and that'll be nice. And you know what? I can relate yeah. to that because I make a value for value podcast, which, by the way, uh, thank you all for streaming sats to us this entire season. It's been fun. I do miss the live streams, but like, uh, I I just I could not bear the quality of the editing because uh, there was no editing, right? Yeah. Um, I I think this is better. It, it gives us some wiggle room when we can edit to be like, you know, that didn't flow well, or that didn't. Maybe we don't want to talk about that on the podcast after all. It's also like, it sounded good in be... the moment when we were drinking. Yeah, it's also way easier to be tired as shit when we're not recording our, our faces, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I haven't had to clean my room in, like, a year now. Yeah, boy, let's go. Um, I recently cleaned my office, and it's really stellar. Like, I mean, I, I do clean my room pretty, pretty frequently, but, <laughs> yeah. but, I, but, I, but I, don't, I don't have to is the big thing. Oh, no, I, I'll, I'll be straight up. I take the trash out of my room, and I vacuum the floor once in a while. There you go. I, I have to vacuum my floor, <laughs> man. My my, I, I have wooden floors, so the dust just accumulates in the corner, and it's just there. I can see it, and it bothers me. Mm-hmm. So, but. well, that's as, that's about as much cleaning as my room does. Oh, I wash my sheets once in a while too. How about that, guys? Uh, yeah. Ooh, big spender. All right, all right, guys. It's been a uh, emotional. <sighs> it's been a fucking year. Yeah. Um, fourteen episodes, six seasons. Um. 14 episodes in, in this season. That's so from whenever in January we made the first episode for season six to now 14 episodes. The goal was two a month, 12 months in a year. We're not doing December, but we still did 14. Like, you know, so we bad. averaged about one a month. <laughs> we did no? 15. Per, uh, you oh, said, yeah, yeah. We we're we're about 60 percent of the way there, Dylan. Yeah. We did all <laughs> shit. <laughs> Matt's not mathing. Oops. <laughs> uh, that's currently my bad. Um, getting Look, we had some really busy this year. So this year was a year. Um, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that next year is better for the podcast. But you know what? The podcast is secondary to life. Exactly. That's what makes it yeah. fun. We don't do this for money. I mean, we'll take it if you want to give us some Satoshis, right? But like, we'll take your fucking I, money. <laughs> this isn't my fucking job. I'm here because I want to be. This is more like pirate radio, right? Um, and on that note, um, look forward to our return 
in January. I don't know when in January. It'll probably be towards the middle or end. Um, yeah, I'm hoping like, that we can hit middle. That way we can uh, start early. Yeah. That way, but, if we could get a few episodes in early, that'll give us some wiggle room later. Yeah, then the <laughs> upload schedule will be actual consistent because we can actually skip and not miss. Yeah. Um, that might be smart. Uh, we'll see how smart we are uh, yeah. by next year. Uh, well, anyway, I've got a lot of drinking to do between now and then, so it's all good. Yeah. So uh, you can catch Victim on, on Twitch. He he did say he was going to do Xenoblade soon. We'll see if that's in the calendar year or not. It's a Victim yeah. of Gaming, twitch.tv. Um, things, things are hectic here. We'll see eventually. You can follow me on Twitter at mm underscore victim, and I'll probably it'll all probably eventually post it there. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll see though. Um, and then uh, you can catch me on uh, the Fediverse at Dylon at shipposter.club. I'm also on Noster. My Noster address is at Dylon at melonmancy.cafe. Melonmancy.cafe is also the forum address. We're still not using it, but I'm fucking paying for it because forums appreciate value over time trust me it'll be worth it once we start using it but it might take a catastrophic event like discord going down or something i don't know um we'll see but uh i'm gonna keep it uh going just because i uh i like it um yeah yeah you can find me at the ship poster as well um uh, what am I? At Skuma Dealer. There we are. <laughs> what am I? <laughs> oh, no, I pulled it up so I could check it for you. Don't worry. <laughs> Look, I will I will be on Shitposter a lot more if I get interaction. It's just one of those things where it's like, those people are intimidating. I don't want to talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's all good. It's all good. You can always try Noster. <laughs> hmm. That sounds it's like effort. Smaller pool. Of people. A smaller pool. I don't know. But do they have sports, Dylan? No. <laughs> oh, well, there's the answer. Yeah. I'm working on a blue one, too. Oh. <laughs> the Toronto Richard. Blue Jays. Oh, I was like, hey, you know what? I, I used to have a Toronto Blue Jay hat. They were my uh, preferred. Nice. They were used my preferred, NBA, it, well, MLB team. <laughs> NBA. <laughs> <laughs> I had to say it. <laughs> like, I had to fix myself, okay? I, I know the rules of sports all right all right if you know you know it's been a season thanks everybody see ya in january <laughs>